Hello everyone, this is Caleb, your GM. A quick word before our show today. We want to thank Danny from the Tales from the Lich podcast for lending his voice to us for this episode. Did you know Jimmy Lang is actually a character from that podcast? Check out their Cyberpunk 2020 series to get more of Jimmy Lang and see where his character was inspired from. Last time on Trailblazers, the party was arrested on false charges and the captain of the police, Hannibal DeWitt, offered them a way to avoid their death sentence. Join Psycho Squad and do dangerous missions for the police. They had no other choice but to accept. They had bombs installed in their heads to keep them in line and special communicators given to them so that Hannibal could contact them. But other than that, they were free to go. Staying at Lanris' sister's house, the party slowly began recovering from their trauma and injuries. Kentaro especially had been beat up and lost both his ears to angered police officers. While at Dahlia's house, the party received a message from a hacker calling himself Veem, who gave the party 100,000 gold each. They didn't have long to contemplate their new benefactor before they were ambushed by Baron Samiti. Unarmed and already wounded, they were no match for him and were quickly subdued. Baron didn't kill them, however, but instead settled a debt of flesh with Lanris, forcing him to cut off and eat his own ear. Baron then left them, and before the party could recover from this, Victor's wife Sarah arrived, and the couple is now reunited for the first time since they were separated. What will the party do with their newfound freedom? What will this psycho squad entail? Can they survive long enough to clear their names? Find out this week on Trailblazers. Your wife, Sarah. Why don't you tell the listeners what Sarah looks like? Sarah is um, a, a cat folk, and she has white gray fur and long white hair and a tail. And she's got blue eyes, and she's pretty pretty attractive. I guess I could say that. I think <laughs> Why so. was the tail important enough to mention <laughs> beyond that she was a cat folk? Is it because you have a knob in your tail and you're very like, oh, she's a normal tail. I want everyone to know that. Well, at this point, appendage, uh, our appendages are not a given, Caleb. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Hers is very fluffy, you know, like the... Um, like a snow leopard. Yeah, yeah, sh- uh, sure. <laughs> Listen, I know my cats, Tim. Don't okay. ever question that <laughs> ever like, again. Victor's one negative t- level. Tim gets one negative what? level. Question what? my cat knowledge. What? I didn't question that. Victor's Two negative levels for questioning that you were questioning it. Do you want to try for three? Third negative level for not responding. What? What? <laughs> but luckily, the joy of being reunited with this lovely, beautiful, attractive, especially to you, wife of yours, restores those levels. Okay. So she, of course, has turns that straight into an embrace and almost a, just like an overwhelm of emotions that manifests in water in her eyes. Uh, she just starts like bombarding you with questions where have you been i've heard such terrible things and and she you almost feel like she has a thousand questions that she can't get out and they all are stuck she can't get them out because there's just too many i don't say anything to her i I, instead just grab her tightly you know and just hold that embrace for as long as i can just you know taking her in taking in her warmth and smelling her and and all of that as she's holding you she you kind of feel her hand move and she kind of disconnects from the from the embrace and you wearing just a flimsy t-shirt not sized for you she kind of picks up a little bit and and examines a long scar you've gotten from who knows which adventure since the train and she kind of feels your face where there's some burn marks and she's feeling them and she looks at you and just says what happened to you you know me (laughs) i uh i like to uh collect scars you know try to look good for my woman she kind of can't help but smile 
not necessarily she wants to. She's trying to be serious, and you're, and you of course are always being you, <sighs> sweetie. It's it's been a long, long month, and a, what a half. Uh, so much has happened, but two months, three days. Really? Has it really been that long? The police have been looking for you. There's, I have so many questions. Oh, we've and got she just, she just she just like falls on you again and holds you and says, "I'm so glad you're here." I can't believe it's been that long. So much has happened. It's it's crazy. Oh, it's so good to see you. Interrupting your little reunion is a little <clears throat> from Kentaro. And you're thrust back into reality of what has just happened in the past 10 minutes. Oh, um, you need to wait here. Uh, actually, go in go in the bedroom and, and check on, um, on, on Dahlia. I think she's sleeping. Maybe you can wake her up. Can you do that? Okay. And, and she gives you a look, which you've seen a, a thousand times before, is the, the look of, I don't understand you, but I trust you. Mm-hmm. And, and she goes into the bedroom. How's Landris? Am I just here, or am I in the bathroom? Intaro's brought you to the bathroom to try to, to, to fix your ear, or at least uh, staunch the bleeding. And he's, like, holding something against it, which hurts a lot. And he's just, like, looking at you through the mirror. Oh, I covered that. Oh. Oh, yeah, of course you did. I've, dra- I've draped a towel over it. Kind of raises an eyebrow to that, but in his own mind. And it's one of those moments where something has happened and, and you don't have, you don't know what to say. There's there's no quite words to that would precede something like that. So he's just kind of quiet, standing there, taking care of you, waiting for you to break the silence. I go check on Lanris and Kentaro, see what's going on. You see Kentaro, like, pulling out some stuff out of the kit. He's, like, looking through and, like, oh, out of date, out of date, pulling out some stuff to see if he can't do some sort of mending. You can't find can't find anything for him? Everything here is out of date or, like, this, and he, like, takes the string and he just, like, snaps the sewing thread. Old and brittle. I got nothing. Everything's at the station. We could, I don't know what we could do. We have money. We're going to the hospital. I guess... I guess we can do that again, can't we? What are you doing up, Kentari? You should be resting. Landris. And you are all interrupted by a a scream coming from the room you just left. I turn around and run back that way. You see Dahlia on her knees, and she is sifting through burnt paperwork. And she's just going through all, she's pulling out all the stuff that is all ruined from the flames of the Hellhounds. And you see she is just uh, fighting back tears and she's going through it all and she's like oh my cases and she runs over to like a a very specific spot in the corner underneath uh like the table stand and she pulls out what is just a destroyed bunch of papers and she's like you don't you don't understand how how long i've worked on this and you can see you can make out barely uh, what is at the top of this page and it's something something all ruined and destroyed but then you see rsf generator and it looks like it was at one time a large stack of papers i can probably hear this in the bathroom and i like immediately fall into a fetal position Kentaro uh slides down with you you see that um she rushes to the computer and she starts typing some stuff lanris as you're like in this fetal position, you're in a perfect position to see uh, all things that you would never care about right now. Your shadow. You're only drawn to it because it's moving independently of you. It's very exaggerated movements because it has to work as a shadow. It has to work as almost shadow puppetry. It has to really display to express any emotion because you can't see any sort of changes on a face, right? And it has to exaggeratedly like puts its hands, uh, almost fists onto its hips. Almost if it's like upset thinking and then it kind of exaggerated goes like aha i have an idea its hands come close to its chest to be lost into the shadow of its chest of your chest your shadow begins to start to glow a, a purple dark 
purple glow, only barely distinguishable from black. And all that glow saturating your entire shadow begins to creep away from the edge of the shadow to the center where presumably its hands are. And it holds out this purple orb. Its hand, completely encased in this purple orb, touches Kentaro's shadow. And you see that purple dissipates out of its hand and into Kentaro's shadow. Landris, I want you to permanently reduce one point of your con damage and one point of your int drain or damage. It was both drain, right? One point of con drain, one point of int drain or instantly healed. Okay. However, you see, a, you hear almost an, uh, an, an exhale, a, a forced exhale from Kentaro and he furrows his brow a little bit, kind of shakes his head and then re- kind of refocuses on you. And then your shadow gives you a thumbs up and then goes back to imitating you perfectly. They also get five hit points back. Did, did you see that? See, see what, Lanners? Yeah, we, we all saw it. No, my... I, I need to get out of here. Okay. And he, and he helps you up. And you get in there just enough, and just in quick enough time to hear Dolly go, It's all gone. All the work of the last three months, it's gone. I've got backups, but these are so old. I knew I should have backed it up recently. And she turns around and says, Is, is this what was hunting you? And at this time, of course, in came Sarah with Dahlia, and she is just, you could just see the look of utter befuddlement. That was one of the things that was hunting us. Landers is struggling to say anything. I mean, there's been so many things hunting us, but yes, that was one of them. And then you see Dahlia now sees you, which is the first time since she's woke up, and she runs over to you. And at this point, she's 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 stopped asking what has happened, what's going on. She's like, it's, she's done with that. At this point, it's, it's, it's a useless question to her at this point. And she just goes, we got to get him to a hospital. Where's the closest one? I'll, I'll, I'll get an ambulance. And she calls on a communicator for a name. I walk over to Sarah and just grab her hand with my good hand. Let me guess. Long story? Yeah. What do you guys do while you wait for the ambulance? I just stand there uh, holding Sarah's hand. I don't say anything. Talia. She looks at me. I'm leaving. What? I can't put you through this. No, don't. Lanris, don't start. Don't even know. Stop worrying about me. You should be happy, and you should be successful. I wasn't even in your life, and I ruined it. I was here for, what, two hours? And now look what happened. Landris, if you think for one second, turn now, turn now, turn now. And the paramedics get there, arrive, and interrupt your conversation, and take you guys aboard. As you are heading to the hospital, it is a, a moment where continuing this conversation is it's ill company to do it. Victor, mm-hmm. you get what I can best describe as acid reflux. Have you ever had acid reflux before? Yes, sir. It sucks a lot because the first time anyone anyone ever has acid reflux, they're like, I'm having a heart attack. <laughs> right? Yes. yes. It's <laughs> Tums. There's no fantasy Tums. I'm sorry. As you as it progresses, this acid reflux gets worse and worse to the point where you're like, this this probably isn't a good thing, and this is sort of all of a sudden. And then uh, Lanris, you see him, Victor fall to the ground, slamming his head against the metal floor of this vertebrate. And of course, Sarah runs to his side, or I sort of jumps to his side. Paramedics begin shifting their attention from you. Uh, which, of course, you've already been put on a gurney and getting things, of course, that you don't need. It's like, well, I don't need all this. It's just my ear, but thank you. And are now sort of addressing him. This doesn't last long before you get to the hospital in which they rush you both in in different directions and you're split up. Dahlia stays with you, Landris, and Guitaro stays with you. Victor Sarah goes with you. Did I uh did I black out? Yes. So as they get you there, Landris, they they're like um of course diagnosing you and all that, and they begin to treat you. It's a it's a simple affair. 
as they inject you with something that immediately works on the cellular level to repair your ear. Not to repair it to restore it, right? but to repair the wounds so that you're no longer bleeding to death, which is probably a fun thing to no longer do. 1d8 plus 1. 5 hit points. Hey, hey, I have money. I can pay for this. What about him? And I point at Kentaro. And the doctors all kind of look at each other and nod and say, uh, of course. And you see, like, as soon as you said the word money, it's like, of course, sir. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know if you've ever been to the emergency room. Even it's like, I really shouldn't go, but my finger's kind of bent the other way. I guess I'll go. And then it's like, well, I'm here for nine hours. And I really could have done this in about an hour because all you did was put a splint on it and give me a pill. But thanks for charging me $500. It's a long time for what sh- could be a very short thing. And there's lots of paperwork and it's just an annoyance. So you're not done. But they now also are starting to treat Kentaro. Okay. After some time of treatment, you get a few moments of privacy in which would you like to do anything? With who? You are with Kentaro and uh, Dahlia. Dahlia, please, just go home. She looks like she's very much considering what are going to be the next words out of her mouth, picking them carefully. I can't live being an anchor to your life. I love you, brother. I love you too, Dahlia. And I want you to be happy. The world is against you, Landris. What you need more than anything is someone in your corner. What else is family for? Having people in my corner hasn't helped at all so far. I've had a lot of people in my corner, actually, and nothing good has happened to them. She puts her hand on your shoulder, almost to, to stop you, and says, But now I'm, and I'm not leaving, even if you ask me to. Now, I'm not saying I'm beyond bribing, and I was aware that you've come into a certain amount of money recently, and it's a very, like, obvious, almost sort of fake attempt at humor, but it doesn't go well. It's just the air is too stale. Dahlia, nothing you could do can help me. She almost looks hurt by that. Landers, you've only, only <laughs> been back together for a few hours. Let's, let's give it more time, all right? Oh, what, so I can set your house on fire again? You didn't set my house on fire. Yes, I did. The door opens up again, just infinite interruptions in, your, in these, this, this day. And in comes a doctor and says, I understand that uh, Victor Irons came in with you. Yeah. Uh, some decisions need to be made on his behalf if you would be willing to come with me. Wait, what? Please come with me, sir. Or sirs. Uh, I guess I go to follow him. Kentaro and, of course, I follow you. You go into a room where you see Victor's. It's being prepped on a surgical table. And you see Sarah's there. And Sarah says, Talia, I can't. I, I'm so, I'm so sorry to impose, but he's going to die. And they won't do it off a of credit. I feel terrible asking for this. And Dice, what's wrong? And the doctor says, Mr. Iron's heart has decided to cease functioning. And in a few minutes here, it will cease functioning altogether. So he needs an immediate cybernetic implant. Okay, yeah. And we are not a charity. Yeah, he has money too. We have money. What's the problem? Well, if you would like to, and he kind of slides a PDA to you, transfer, you'll find a bill there. Uh Uh-huh. I look at it. Well, if you begin payment, we can begin the procedure. Uh, how much is the payment? 8,800 gold. What the heck's wrong with this heart? Uh, I won't know exactly until we open him up. Oh, yeah, d- do it, do it. I hit the buttons on the PDA. Uh, ma'am? And he hands it over to Sarah, who signs off on it. And she looks at you with what you see is, you might describe this as the most sincere eyes you've ever seen in your life. She says, thank you. I'll find a way to pay you back. Uh, Sarah, don't worry about it. Hi, Sarah. <laughs> Hi. They begin operating on him. And you can see through the glass you're allowed to observe if you want. They open up his chest and they begin working on him. After some time, the doctor comes out, pretty much right out from the surgery and says, Well, it looks like Mr. Irons' heart began to... The flesh and the tissue around it began to go necrotic. I'm sorry to say I can't cite the source. Whatever it is, it seemed to be contained around the heart. And the heart is in fact 
not dead. We did. We don't have a cybernetic heart to replace him. Instead, we have augmented this vital organ of his. It is, in fact, unlike with how I usually do this procedure, not just augmenting his heart, but it is exactly the only thing that is keeping it beating. I've, I've never seen something like this in all my years. Practice. I'm sorry, I can't tell you more. With the tissue around his heart just died? That appeared to be correct. Your corruption is uh, now level two, and you now have Berserk Fury. You can voluntarily enter an enraged state as a free action for a number of rounds per day equal to your manifestation level. Right now it's two. They don't have to be consecutive. Once you end the state, you can't enter it again for one minute. While you're enraged, you get a plus two bonus on attack and damage rolls, a temporary hit point per character level, and plus two bonus on fortitude saves. You're okay. control of yourself during this rage, but you must still succeed at a will saving throw to resist losing control. When voluntarily enraged, you take a minus two penalty on will saves. Here's the bad part. When you're hit by a critical hit or drop below half your maximum hit points, you must succeed at a will save or become enraged for a number round equal to your manifestation level. If you do if you do go into the rage in this way, you lose control of yourself and you make melee attacks against the nearest creature. So that, well, that could be friend or foe. Correct. Okay. So you can voluntarily use it to your benefit, but if you do drop a four between, uh, below half hit points or get hit by a critical hit, you have a chance to fly into it uncontrollably. Okay. Uh, please add a Mark One Thoracic Nanite Chamber to your character. I did. Okay. Hey, uh, Christian, can I have you on a side chat? <laughs> no. <laughs> Got him. What's up? Your your corruption has reached manifestation level two. Once per day, when you take ability damage, ability drain, or hit point damage, you can divide the damage or drain evenly between you and one ally within 30 feet. The ally can attempt a will save to resist the link if they want to. It's a free action, even if it isn't your turn. However, sir, uh -huh. you can no longer benefit from the use of the aid another action. Interesting. Good thing no one's ever tried that on me before. You're all put into like the same kind of room where you can be monitored. Uh, they want to monitor you for at least two hours before they release you. Hey, I ain't done. Uh, what? <laughs> I want to spend more money for more things. I'm in a hospital, aren't I? You sure are. Like, hey, uh, hey, surgeon guy. Yes, sir. How about a new ear? You would like a cybernetic ear? Yeah, for him too. And I point to Kentaro. Oh, would you? I assume you want. I'm not like imposing, am I? Um, he kind of kind of waves his hand, and says, "Maybe I haven't told you this before, but I'm I can't get cybernetic implants." Oh, right. Um. Prosthetics? Uh, I'm fine, thanks. Of, of course, usually we set appointments for this sort of thing, and you know there's a lot of paperwork involved. It can it can take a, a, a lot of time. So if you would like to go through, we can try to make an appointment for this. And... Yeah, okay, sure, yeah, yeah. Now, sometimes, he kind of scratches the back of his head, we have them in stock. Um, I'm pretty busy today, but uh, I might be able to manage looking... See what we got in the back, if I can get some free time. But, you know, I am a very busy man. Hey, all right, whatever. If you don't want my money, I'll just go to another hospital. Hmm. This is like a bluff check or an intimidate check. I'll let you choose. Whatever you think is appropriate. Now, which is the higher bonus? Whatever you think you're trying to do. Oh, you tell me, Caleb. You're the GM. It's, it sounded like to me it was an intimidate. Because I think he would go to another hospital. So he wants it now. Yeah, but. If you want to give me all this control over the game, Caleb, I'll take yeah, it. It's an intimidate check. Fine. Intimidate? Yeah. Excuse me for trusting my players. They make that mistake. Uh, 16. You know, I actually just recalled. I think we do have something in stock. If you are willing to wait for about an hour, I think I could I could pencil you in. We did have a last minute cancellation. How long until uh, Mr. Irons is awake? Uh, he should be awake within the hour. Now, will you want the uh, rest of your other ears severed? I'm sorry? Well, generally when we do cybernetic ears, they really function best when both ears are replaced. Otherwise, it's more of an aesthetic sort of thing. That's fine. And Katar kind of like puts his hand on your, your thigh. 
<laughs> why why is it that you can't use the word thigh without it immediately bring sexual things to mind it's like no because I, I know what i know why he's doing that <laughs> i know like, but it's like it's a nice little soft little thing to do but when you as soon as you say thigh they're like mm, i see what he's doing no it's it's not <sighs> your leg is that better just above the knee the the ones the, fine it's fine no, the guy also i've taken tremendous neurological damage recently if you have anything for that i can wrestle something up that'd be great thanks Landris, Kentaro says. Hmm. It's all right, man. What's all right? Everything's all right, okay? And you see him, he's being absurdly gentle with you. Wait, what, what are you doing? Trying to tell you you don't have to make any rash decisions. What, what, what's rash about wanting my brain to be okay? No, it, it's, it's not that. Never mind. Did they, are you feeling better? Did they sew your wounds up and stuff? Yeah, they did. Here, I guess since you're the bankroller and he hands you the bill. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought it was customary to split the check. <laughs> no, no, this is a modern society. I N D E P E N D E N C E. You know what that means? It means you can buy your own dinner. That's what that means. Uh, so is Dahlia and Sarah in there with us? Yes. Uh, the bill, by the way, is two hundred and eighty for Kintaro's medical. Okay. Sarah's just right by Victor's side. Oh, are we like? Is he like in a gurney, like near us? Yeah, you think it'd you probably be on a bed. He's laying in a bed, kind of like a, a almost like a hospital room, right? You're sitting up, of course, because you're like, I'm cool. I don't need no bed. And Dolly goes, Oh, Sarah, this is Kintaro, right? Am I right? Yep. And ignore the shorts. He doesn't usually dress like that. And this is his friend and Victor's friend, Lanris. Nice to meet you both. Meekly wave. He uh, he talks about you a lot. Oh, good. I hope. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then again, that's that's not different than anything Vic says. All good. <laughs> I see you've hung out with him too much. Mm, yeah. <sighs> Kentaro goes, he kind of leans back in the chair. When are we going to wake up? <laughs> uh, wishful thinking. I, I know what's going to happen. About two seconds, a train's going to come through here. It's going to say Willoughby, and then you're going to wake up, and none of this is going to happen. I'm really sorry you had to have that happen to you. Just don't talk about it. Another awkward silence ensues. The silent worry of... A wife who has a million questions unanswered. A sister who doesn't know what to say. And then there's Kentaro, who's just in tight clothes. Somebody wants to look at him. <laughs> You're just looking around him. It's like at those UFC weigh-ins where everyone's <laughs> standing behind them. And they're like, don't look at him, don't look at him. It's like they're in there nowhere to look at him. Oh, I look at him and I'm being recorded now. Everyone's going to play that clip on YouTube. <laughs> Granted, if Dolly and Sarah ever distracted, I'm trying to, like, get my shadow's attention. I'm like, hey, hey take it back it doesn't do any it just it just it just it behaves as a shadow would it's doing your motion i get angry and st- stomp on it uh perception check uh 20 the your shadow's head stares at you and, and sends you imagine if it had eyes it'd be sending daggers at you and then goes back to behaving like a shadow i didn't ask you to do that take it back it's just like a shadow would you're yelling at your own mimicry victor you wake up fuzzy at first but kind of wake up and you can hear your heartbeat you hear it you feel it almost like and that spot right underneath your ears, mm-hmm. douche to douche, it's a strong, healthy heartbeat, almost too healthy. I um, open my you know eyes, I see, I guess I've seen Sarah's face, and then I look around, and I see like the heart monitor, and all the machines, you know, I guess it would be like a, a breathing machine, and all that stuff. I look back at her, this is familiar. She smiles at that. Which part of me is replaced this time? Your heart. And she puts a hand on your chest right over your heart. She goes, hopefully it hasn't changed uh, your heart, though. She kind of smirks at the double meaning. My heart. Yeah, it, it stopped beating. I think it's all those sugary algae Is he still eating them? I've told you you have to cut back on those. Well, I like the app. 
algae jacks, but they're just so hard to find. Yeah, I can see by your shirt. Isn't that, Do- Dolly, isn't this yours? I'm sure they would take the shirt off, though. No, they love it. It's it's so it's so attached. It's so tight that they, they like oh it's just like surgery. a skin. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna skin him. They thought it was a tattoo. <laughs> yes, of course they did. I suppose. I suppose they took it off. The door opens. All right, Mister Malleus. Uh, yeah. Am I pronouncing that correctly? Yes. Good job. All right. Please uh, come over here. I go there. And guitar gets up. Can I? You mind if I watch? Sure. You go get, you get put under. While he's having that happen, what do you do, Victor? Um, so, uh, Landers had to pay for my heart. Yes, he's a very generous man. Yeah, I'll pay him back. We've got some money now. She kind of lights up a little bit. We, we do? Yeah, a good bit. When are we going to have that long talk and you're going to fill me in on everything that happened? <sighs> well, I'm a psycho now. She kind of cocks her head almost the way a canine would. We're kind of in psycho squad now. You mean the guys that were hunting you? The guy I talked on the television that 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 um that that, that, that Jimmy something yeah Victor what, what happened to you we were being hunted down by this psych- you want to for the sake of the audience say that you just explain things to her no I want to explain every little detail I'm going to go through all <laughs> eighteen nineteen episodes okay no yeah I'll do that if there is anything specific um, that I- you want that you want to act out telling her that's fine uh just just the last part okay oh also no what don't you tell her uh, I. Uh, I don't tell her about the affair yet. So, Ooh, okay, uh, intriguing. But other than that, I, I fill her in pretty much everything. And then when I get to the last, uh, he made us make a choice. Either die or join the squad. I hadn't seen you yet, so I joined the squad. Well, well, and she kind of like gestures over Dahlia. I, I, met, I met Dahlia. That's, um, that's Lamar's sister. She's, she's a lawyer. Maybe she can help you out. And Dahlia kind of shakes her head. This isn't about law. Somebody who has the power to hand wave law wants them dead. And if it wasn't for this DeWitt character, they'd, they'd be that. There's no court's going to help, especially people from lower Kadesh. In some ways, if he hasn't joined Psycho Squad, he would just be another statistic, another body at the bottom of the ocean. But uh, we're free right now, kind of, so I can be with you. I got some bad news. What's that? I had to sell a house. Oh, yeah, I, I've heard about that. How much money do you have now? We have 100000 We We could get something with that. Yeah, yeah, we can. Get something. Maybe we'll move next to, next to Dahlia. Well, maybe a little nicer than that. No offense, Dahlia, but... <laughs> Dahlia's like, she's like waving her and goes, no, that's fair, that's fair. Accurate. I just don't well, don't want to be afraid to, you know, be mugged every time I open the door. Yeah, speaking of which, Dahlia... Oh, sorry, I guess, guess I'm not my right to be angry with you since... You were attacked by dog people. But when I was coming out of the, when I was waiting for you at the, the tram station and I realized you weren't coming, I went there myself and like, I knew I should just turned around. Of course, there was these guys that came up to me, but, but there was this, this guy, this, this is so stupid, like a superhero came and he, he, he fought him off. What, what guy? This tall man. And he wore a black suit and this wide brim hat. But the strangest thing was sewed onto his suit was, like the outline of a, a skeleton. What did he do? What did he say? He didn't say anything. He just, well, if, <laughs> if I wasn't a nurse, I, I might be a little shocked by it, but I've seen worse than this. He, there's no good way to say it. He crushed their faces with a metal ball that was hooked onto this, this stick by a, a chain. Then he just stared at me and went past me. That was Baron. Baron, that's the... The guy, guy that was just, hunting us down. We captured him. I let him free. I don't understand. Why would, you, why would he... And again, for like the ninth time today, you're interrupted. So the door opens and they wheel Lamers in there. 
take him up off of the gurney, put him onto the bed next to you. And now you're the one sitting up and he's the one out on the bed. Hey, Landris, add one cybernetic ear, 2,200 to install, and you get a plus one bonus on perception checks and you get a plus two bonus on saving throws against sonic effects. You can choose how they look. They can look almost exactly realistic, except to the, the the fact that there's no hair, but they can make it look very close to skin. And I guess, you know, ears have short hair, very, very short hair anyway. So it can be very passable for real, unless someone expects it closely, or it can you can make a, a deal out of it and have it all cyber-arted up. It's up to you. I want it to look as close as it did before. As humanly po- yeah. as cat folk possible. Anthroe mm-hmm. pro- possible. And now the scene has changed. Kentaro's over Landorus, but this is less of the like concerned and more of the just kind of waiting for him to wake up. Did they do anything for my drain yet? Yes. Secure all. And you had two, so that costed you 2,800 gold. I'd also buy one for Kentaro. They gave you like a little to-go bat. Like, you know, like when you go to the dentist, there's like a little the miniature toothpaste in there, a little, little terrible, like dollar store toothbrush. You get one of those. Got like a happy smile sticker on it. What kind of hospital are uh, you going to? Fancy you- hospital. <laughs> It uh, doesn't take long for you to, to, to sort of come out of the anesthesia. I do have a question. Am I getting any um, anything on my HP back? I'm in the hospital. Uh, I mean, they've done surgery. Yeah, yeah, okay, thanks. I don't need your your uh, justifying. You can just ask the question. I did then, ask the uh, question. Yeah, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I tried to justify it. So there. I suppose. Uh, I want to be healed. I'm in the hospital. Uh, tired of it. 2d8 plus 3, and it'll cost you 200, uh, 600 gold. Happy. You wake up, Landris. Hmm. And instead of a beautiful Sarah's face, there's Kentaro. <laughs> Slightly less excited. Slightly less soothing. Especially because he's got ear holes now. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Matter of fact, you're waking up and you feel him like rubbing your ear, and as soon as you realize like you're like awake, he stops. <laughs> hey, look, look who's awake. I totally wasn't checking out your cool new ear. How's it look? Looks... Great. Looks uh, <clears throat> out of 10. Huh? Yeah, you, know, uh, you hear me? I said <clears throat> out of 10. I, I only replaced the missing one. Y- yeah, it looks different. What? I didn't pay them for different. I mean, it, it's probably just because I'm so close. I mean, you don't have any hair on it because you're... It's, how you feeling, buddy? Hey, can you hear me better? And he like claps right next to your ear and it like hurts. Ow. Can you hear better? Are you like a super... Are you like Shiva? <gasps> Shiva could hear me from like across the room. This one time I was talking about... And they kind of realized like, this is maybe not the time. And he just kind of trails off. There's maybe another hour of waiting and papers coming in and all this crap to finally get discharged. And when you get your little goodie bag that has a cure on it that you bought. Can I say I bought one more? Yes. As long as you have the gold, another 1,400. Do what you want. Drain doesn't go away, man. You guys do anything as you leave, or you just leave? I'm going to get rid of this um, charisma damage, so I'll take whatever for that. A cure-all will cure 1d4 points of ability damage or 1 point of ability drain. Damage 1d4. 1,400 gold. So as you guys are leaving, you, you get in a tram to go back, because they don't have shuttle service back, you know. Kentaro's like, back on a freaking tram. They better get used to this, I guess. They're not all bad. I mean, we got like a 50% success rate with them, really. Hey, look at the bright side. If we get off of this one without any bad things, then it'll be a positive success rate. It'll be over 50. And you see like Sarah is like, her face is like just shocked, almost deathly. And she goes, how can you guys joke about this? She is, she is quite a different person from Dahlia. <laughs> let's say, let's, let's say like, if you looked at them, she's like the face of worry. And the other one's just like, I've accepted this. It's very quick. I'm very, I'm very quick on the turnover. Well, even with all the jokes we make, my life is depressing enough, so just takes the edge off a little bit. Oh, yeah, Victor does that sometimes. His jokes are better. She shoots a knowing glare at you. I'm gonna grab my communicator thing that uh, Hannibal gave us. I just, like, click it on and say, hey, Hannibal, where are we getting our stuff back? 
there is no response and like when you hit the button you're not getting the sound that you should get when you try to communicate out and there is a weird sort of display on this communicator that is not on other communicators and it almost jumps out of your hand as it vibrates and do 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 and this happens on Kentaro's and it happens on uh, Victor's there is a red light that beeps I'm sorry, that blinks. The red light beeps as well, but blinks is usually what lights do. And you have to hit like a like an acknowledge to, to get it to stop. A sentence marquees across the s- a small strip of display, and it says, report to the station immediately. And this thing was so obnoxious, it, you know, like if I was sleeping, this would wake me up. What did you do? Oh, you feel like talking to me now? What? what you saw what I did. I, I know, but we were going to head home. Now you got us on a mission or something. All right, we're just getting our stuff. Mm. Where's where's the station? The next stop you'll have to split off from, Dahlia, and uh, they say, uh, we'll wait for you at the house, okay? Okay. I love you, you know. Oh, uh, she gives you a kiss and says, I know. And then she gets turned to carbonite. <laughs> I'd say, Star Wars joke, Christian. I, I You wouldn't I, know, though, would I, you? I do. I do know. Actually, would you? Christian oh, you doesn't like Star your Wars. Memes, because you lost your memes instead of your movies. Stop outing me like this. Hey, guy. Oh yeah, I don't think we told our podcast audience. Did you know Christian? He doesn't like Star Wars. He's seen them, but he doesn't like them. That'll get him. <laughs> he thinks the best episode was Phantom Menace. Wait, no, I never said that. I never seen that and one, so said I have no opinion on episodes. It. For- Four, five, and six were maybe the worst movies ever made. His words, not mine. All right, so um, moving swiftly on, you guys get in a tram to go to the PlayStation. I take it. I tell Dahlia I love her first. She, of course, has it back and says, we'll wait for you at the house. All right? I don't say anything. Hey, and she 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 grabs your arm and turns you around in a way that she's done before when it's like serious time, serious time. And she looks at you and goes, you're not leaving without saying goodbye again. All right? And she steps off, not allowing you to respond. She knows you're about to say goodbye. Oh, yeah. I was gonna. <laughs> she knows you too well. Cham closes. Boo-boo. Closes. Please step behind the line. And uh, you guys head off to the police station. Bumping into your foot, you hear, please eat recycled food. It's good for the environment. Sirs, would you like to make a purchase? I said, I know how to deal with this. <laughs> Sir? Oh, uh, nothing. Would you like to make a purchase? What model is this? This is a uh, 3000 model. It's a 3000 model? Yeah, definitely. Uh, yes, I'll make a pur- purchase. What would you like, sir? I have some wonderfully refreshing drinks. You look parched. Parched. I would like a algae soda. Algae cola. Coming right up. You're like... <laughs> Little thing opens up and out shoots the little arm that has a holding the drink. Thank you, sir. This is your first purchase on this tram. Would you like to sign up for our lo- loyalty reward program? You know what? Yes, I would. Great, sir. Please put your thumb here. Out comes a little uh, a little thumb scanner. I put my thumb on it. It scans it and goes, "Excellent, sir. You have earned one point. That's that's great. Have a good day." And it moves past you. Eat recycled food. I am uh, a loyalty uh, member now. Charlie goes, "That's great." Should we stop and get you pants? Oh. <laughs> ah, no, at this point, it's even worse because you're still in the medical gown that like shows your butt. Uh-huh. Oh, my tail's showing. Oh, man, that's embarrassing. It's all crooked. Yeah, I'll stop and grab some clothes. Okay. It's who cares? Ten gold. I don't care. It's a Kmart. I don't, care. I don't even care. I don't care. For Kadesh. Kadesh Mart, Kmart. How long have you been holding that one in the holster there? Tim? <laughs> oh, all since, since day one. I'm like, oh, Kmart. <laughs> That's when coming. we say the delivery was worth it. I'm going to let Kentaro get new pants, but I'm not letting him throw away the old ones. 
<laughs> I mean, okay. <laughs> I'm an adult. Um, so, so I heard. So my birth certificate tells me. All right, let me just pop these in here. Turn on the TV. Oh, hey, didn't see you there. My friend Christian and I were just heating up some Totino's pizza rolls and getting ready to watch the big game. Hey, Caleb, do you think these guys would be interested in joining us? You know, I bet they would. I mean, if they listen to Trailblazers, they gotta be cool, right? If role-playing games are your thing, why don't you guys check out our other podcast, Pathfinder Academy? Why don't you try some of our favorite episodes? One of mine definitely has to be the one we did on online play versus play in real life. That was a great one. We gotta learn all sorts of differences between playing those two different ways. You can find Pathfinder Academy on iTunes. We've got a bunch of other ways to listen too, so go onto our site, tblazer.net, for a complete list of the ways you can listen. So go ahead, put on your favorite jersey, grab some dice, and join us. Alright Christian, I got some chips and some sandwiches, but there's still one thing I don't understand. You said we were going to get to see some players beat up on each other, but I haven't seen them even break out the dice yet. Caleb, you know this is a real-life football game, right? We're not about to watch a bunch of guys play an RPG. I mean, who would want to just sit and listen to a bunch of guys play an RPG? Yeah, <laughs> who, who, would, who would want to do that? Alright, you guys get to looking appropriate to the police station. And you get in, and it and like on the little display screen that's scrolling by, it tells you what room. You have entered into the police station, which is an unthinkable thing only a few days ago. But you walk unaccosted, uh, except by people's eyes, as almost everyone is staring at you who is an officer. People who are like in the lobby, they're way too busy to give a crap about you. But there are people who are like, that guy was probably on the, the SWAT team. And you go into this room, which is a room you haven't yet to be in. How, how do you, you want to knock or you just want to go in? Uh, I knock, I guess. The door opens up, and there is Captain Hannibal DeWitt himself. And he goes, gentlemen, please come in. I want to thank you for your quick attendance to the call. Uh, of course, it's not uh, fooling myself here that you were anything but coerced to do so. However, I do not feel that we should throw away manners in this situation. Right against the wall is almost a f- uh, half a wall of dark glass. Um, well, it's kind of sort of like a two-way mirror situation, but you're on the wrong side of the two-way mirror. However, there is no tables, no chairs. It's just like standing only. And it's just like a small little almost bar where you can put paperwork and crap if you need to. And uh, Hannibal addresses you and says, First off, gentlemen, there is something that needs to be addressed immediately. Mr. Kentaro. Kentaro kind of looks, uh, yeah. It came to my attention that yesterday you were assaulted by several of my officers. Is this correct? And he kind of looks at you, Landris, unsure whether he should tell the truth. Why does he put that on me? Because you're the only person he cares about to get an opinion. <laughs> That's why, Christian. Oh, really? You caught wind of a dozen officers waiting to ambush him? Yes, well, unfortunately, my position does not allow me to always escort every single person of interest in, t- in this facility. However, that aside, and no excuses being made, this is not something I will allow to happen freely in my precinct. I am a man of law and a man of order. I want to give you my sincerest apologies... And, as a token of my apologies, I understand that nothing I could do would ever bring back your lost appendages or pay you back for the trauma that you have suffered. However, and he hits a button and the glass turns from dark to light and you see lined up against a lineup wall with measurements of height is maybe two dozen police officers. If you would kindly, and he gestures over to, for Kintaro to walk over close to the glass, identify which of these police officers it was that attacked you. And Kintaro, like, very shyly sort of, like, walks forward and looks at them and says... Number three, number six, number seven, number nine, and number 13. I can't remember the rest. Are you sure about the ones you have chosen, Mr. Katara? I'm not 100% on number 13, but I am with the rest of them. They got close enough I saw them. 
Thank you. And he hits a button and it turns dark again. Mr. Kataro, again, as a token of our sincerest apologies, I would like to offer to you a full reimbursement of any medical bills that you have accrued. And I would like to provide to you the services free of charge of our on-staff doctors to address any wounds that you have yet to heal. Just provide me receipts at any time it is convenient for you. That attended to, please follow me. And he exits the room. Assuming you gentlemen follow, mm-hmm. you go down this hallway and you get to the end of it, which is this very different sort of looking door. And he hits in uh, some numbers on a pad and the door slides up into the ceiling. And he enters in and you're in what is a locker room, but not not a very large one, rather small one. And there's all sorts of like weapons behind gates and equipment and there is this strange looking machine that's got tubes and things coming off of it you as you enter uh hannibal closes the door behind you and says gentlemen welcome to which will be your ready room this is the been used by the generations before you has preceded you at psycho squad and will hopefully continue to be used the generations come after you well, let's consider this your equipment brief you will all be assigned a locker very soon as soon as the previous psycho squad clears out their locker i have ordered them to do it quite some time ago but as of course you know the clientele maybe one could say that the uh, sort of officers that the Psycho Squad attracts is not always the ones that feel like following orders quickly. If you would follow me over here. And he heads to like a, a almost off branch in the room and there's all the stuff displayed. And he says, Mr. Kataro, as a final act of reparations for you, I would like to provide you with this. And he gestures to this cybernetic sort of cobalt black carbon fiber suit. And it has these two sort of flat antennas on either side of the head. I understand, Mr. Katara, after looking over your file, that you are unable to take cybernetic implants. That's correct. And he kind of nods shyly because he's kind of overwhelmed with everything that's happening right now. And uh, he goes, well, Mr. Kataro, as soon as you wear the suit, you will find your, your hearing will be restored as long as you are wearing it. This is the best we can do, of course, with the circumstances you've been dealt. I hope that you will find this acceptable. As for you, Mr. Malias, if you would please uh, address this. And he hands over to like a sort of next part behind a cage and he unlocks it and he, he starts pulling out some things. First, I would like to return this to you, uh, and it is the Fruitful Sash and the Ring of the, the Trickster. Okay. Some personal possessions. I'm sure uh, if they have any sort of emotional attachment or regardless of these things, we uh, decide to release to your cognizance, as well as these. And he hands to you uh, your quiver full of normal arrows. However, also in there is your legacy arrow, uh, but none of your other fancy arrow. As well as this, he hands you the Rod of Wonder. Gentlemen, we will be asking you to be doing quite dangerous things, and I will not dream of sending you out unattended. So I have provided for you a few things. We have acquired this, and he hands you a hard light shield, as well as this suit of armor, which is a normal insuit, and then this. And you see a bow that is decked out with neon and and crystalline technology laced through it. You can add it as kin-bonded bow. You will find, I see that you understand that you are quite capable with this rather old form of technology and weaponry. However, I understand that you're quite formidable with it, even beyond if I would hand you a lightning gun. You will find this bow is very helpful. You can program it to avoid allies, uh, well, certain allies. It's, of course, limited. Mr. Irons, if you please uh, attend to this. And he points to you another cage. He opens it up. And he hands you back, uh, he goes, here is your clothes. And he hands back you the boots of readiness and rings of alien geometries. And he goes, uh, those mundane things aside, here is a, uh, he hands you a force field, uh, both your skill chips. He hands you smart armor, which is armor that can go from medium to large, medium to heavy, I mean, as well as this. And he hands you the null blade. Sweet. I understand that you're capable with melee weaponry. Is this accurate? Yes. 
Sure. I believe you will find this useful. Its past owner no longer is in need of it. You saw to that. And, of course, I see some more personal possessions. And he hands you a stack of books, including the books uh, Forest Chiropractic, Curing Madness, and History. Interesting. Uh, he kind of stops before he hands you the forest one and goes, interesting reading. Planning to plant any forest, Mr. Irons? And you see he kind of almost starts thumbing across the pages, almost about to open it up. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> you are. I mean, I, I was just interested in it. I'm not, we can't do that. But, you know, it, it was just... He opens the back cover to look for any sort of author thing. This is quite a unique uh, book, Mr. Iron. Family heirloom, perhaps. Something like that. And he closes the back cover and hands it to you. Thank you. And Mr. Kentaro is, if you would, uh, after you have finished trying on your suit, you will find over here we have a bevy of weapons that would be more appropriate to a man of your skills. Normally I'll provide these available to all of you, but as I understand that this is not your preference. And he's kind of like looking through it all, but then he goes like back to the suit. The door opens up. And in comes the previous members of Psycho Squad. Or one might have to say the surviving members of Psycho Squad. Incoming right in the front and, and finishing a sentence is Detective Jimmy Lang, who's in a very similar carbon fiber armor that, that uh, Kintaro was just given. But his helmet is off and he's got like it under his arm. He's got something slung over his shoulder and he's saying, So he said to me, hey, you guys miss with the bull. You're going to get the horns. And I was like, the horns? All that was left of the guy was his nose ring. <laughs> and then he kind of turns and notices you're all there. And he puts an arm out to stop everybody who's like kind of walking. And he goes, oh, well, 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 what do we got here? Our new co-workers, the new psycho squad. And Hannibal's like standing upright, kind of very proper and just kind of quietly just looking at them. Look at you. Y'all turn to the good side. You're going to do your best for the great beast of Kadesh, huh? And you look over, like, draped almost obnoxiously against the wall is the flag of Kadesh, which has red stripes, and it has labeled on it the motto of the city, Stand Tall for the Beast of Kadesh. And he kind of, like, mocks, looks at it. Warms my heart. It really does. It really does. See wayward citizens getting back on the straight and narrow. Doesn't it bring some warmth to your heart, boys? And they all kind of nod a little bit. Behind him, of course, is that snake person. Ashley, who you see, Ash has a scar long past his cheek down to the back of his neck uh, from one of the arrows you gave him. At least that's what you suspect. because You don't think you saw it before, Landris. Mm-hmm. And he raises an eyebrow. And he's like staring you down, Landris. And he ain't laughing. He ain't doing nothing. However, the wizard, the person draped in this black mesh with tubes coming out of the back of her skull, going down into her one cybernetic arm and all sorts of parts of her body, kind of floats almost, though she is walking, over to her locker. And she opens it up. And Hannibal addresses them and says, well, what do we owe this pleasure, Detective Lang? Surely it isn't to follow your orders of cleaning out your lockers. As I understand that if you were going to do that, you would have plenty of opportunities previously. And it would be against your nature and all previous acts of yours to be following it now. And he kind of smirks and he goes, Well, Captain, in fact, we are here to do that. You know, all of us here at Psycho Squad, uh, sorry, <laughs> ex-Psycho Squad, love to make our captain happy. Don't we, boys? And they all kind of nod in affirmation. And right in front of you, this this girl, Shariah King, her name, you've heard them call that in the mix of battle. She undresses and she bears it all. And when I say bears it all, to your mind comes the form of a woman. However, this is not at all what you see. As she undresses, instead, you see is a skeleton. 
The only things it is wearing, since it no longer wears skin, is tubes and wires that are coming out of her skull. And she hooks herself up to this strange machine you saw in the corner. And she kind of loops her hands through something to hold herself up. She's lifted up from the ground and kind of holds herself there and kind of leans. And, and her head is stopped from going too far by these wires and things hooked up to it. And you see them sort of vibrating as quickly. You can see liquid is pouring through them. Do you live up to your name yet, Lang, and do any uh, detective work? And he kind of almost grits his teeth a little bit and says, As a matter of fact, I soon will be. Uh, you see, unfortunately, I have retained the rank of detective. Kind of now begins to address DeWitt. Now, as I understand it, it's not exactly uh, protocol. Usually when we get assigned to Psycho Squad, we all go down to Officer. Wherever, we made an exception, I think, up in the uh, office there due to my excellent leadership skills. But it's my understanding that, you know, usually people go back to their normal ranks. Uh, I couldn't help but notice that all my peers here got promoted. Yet I retain the rank of detective. Hmm. Surely that's a clerical error, right, Captain? DeWitt says, Well, I'm sure, Detective Lang, that sooner or later you will return to my gracious service down here in Psycho Squad, as your temper seems to prove that quite often you do like to put yourself in a position where you would arrive here. I guess I figured just to cut out the middleman, Detective Lang. It's just so much paperwork to promote and demote so often. And Lang kind of twitches his eye a little bit, loses a little bit of that sort of sarcasm charm, if, it, if you can call it that. And he kind of goes to address taking out all his equipment from his locker, as the other squad has as well. And as he kind of stops, and he kind of sighs, and he walks over to you, Lanris, mm -hmm. and he extends his hand to shake your hand, he goes, I want you to know, Lanris, am I saying your name right? No hard feelings between the two of us. I was just doing my job. I don't shake his hand, and I say, uh, maybe you'll get... Promoted from detective after you find those two missing fugitives you're missing. Kind of wrinkles his nose. You know, Lanris, you might want to work on that graciousness of yours. You know, soon enough you're going to be in the same position as me, right? I get it, I get it. All you was doing was defending yourself, and all I was doing was following orders. Sooner or later, the good captain here is going to order you to go hit some poor guy, right? And he's going to be defending himself, and you're just going to be following orders. Now, wouldn't you want him to be nice and shake your hand back? You gotta separate your personal life from work. It's nothing personal. It's just business. This isn't my job. and I'm not guilty of anything. I don't deserve to be here. <laughs> well, we all tell ourselves that at the beginning, but hey, don't worry about it. You'll work it out. And he kind of turns around and goes back to emptying out his locker. The snake lady, by the, or person, is like taking up a lot of space. <laughs> not quite designed for snake people, this room. Is... The snake person, like, glaring at me? Uh, no, it kind of isn't. It's kind of disregarding you a little bit. Uh, having a conversation with the skeleton person. That's weird. And it's 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 quiet enough that you can't make out what's happening. Matter of fact, all you hear, strangely, when the skeleton speaks is quite a deep voice. Not what you'd expect from the, what the presence she gave off. Oh, by the way, she's not a complete skeleton. She does have a cybernetic right arm. That means anything. Hannibal sees you kind of looking at her, and he kind of leans in and says, Yes, unfortunate. She is quite a distracting sight. Classic example of somebody who went a little too far with the technology and gifts granted by those who can work crystals in their favor. Living warning, to be sure. How's that possible? She's got to be, like, more advanced than Shiva. Would you believe that she sustains entirely on that crystal cocktail she has come up with? What? What What was she? Unfortunately, I cannot go about talking too much about your fellow officers, as those files are classified and you would not have the clearance. Suffice <sighs> to say, she was not so different from me or you. When are we getting the rest of our stuff back? You have everything that I have been able to acquisition for you. Many of your things have been decided to be mm, logged and filed and archived. 
I was able to argue for some of your more mundane things, such as your sash, sir, and your boots, and to get you equipped at least modestly. Uh, it's a good time to explain to you that you will be getting a stipend from us, but you will be expected to finance your own equipment. You will only stay alive as much as you find your lives valuable enough to protect with equipment of your own money. You must understand that you're not exactly police officers in the traditional sense. And as such, my department has been... Mm, funds have been cut several times. Not that everyone believes in giving second chances as much as I do. And what happens when we prove that we're innocent? I guess you may wish to dispense with the innocent plea to do you no good. However, as you see that these men are no longer on Psycho Squad, presumably this will bring something to your mind that perhaps you can get off a of Psycho Squad. I am happy to inform you that this is indeed a possibility. See, all the previous members have been reinstated and they earned their way off of Psycho Squad, just as they earned their way onto it. At time a few have repaid society in measure to what you have done to it, you too can look forward to being released from service and having your records expunged. Yeah, what happens when I prove that I didn't do anything to society? Mr. Malleus, if you were able to perform that magical feat, first, I, I suggest you open up a magic show, and second, I'm sure all proper measures will be taken to expunge your records from any sort of false accusations. Well, I hope you bought a ticket. I will wait with bated breath. So are we just getting equipped, or are we going on a mission? Can I get some batteries? Yes, you can. There's a store about four blocks that way. As to answer to your question, Lamus... As soon as the wonderful members of Psycho Squad finish cleaning out their lockers, we will continue on to the next part of your briefing. Well, if you're going to send us out on a mission, I hope you offer us the same medical treatment you offer Kentaro, because I still have bullet holes in me. I can arrange for you gentlemen to be treated. I don't say anything, but I move close to Ash, and like I'm waiting for him to clear out his locker. <laughs> he ends up doing so, and they all uh, get ready to leave, and they all start heading out. Jimmy turns to you and says... All right, uh, good luck, gentlemen. I'm sure y'all's going to do a real good job here at Psycho Squad. I'm sure you're going to blow us out of the water. People are going to be like, hey, who was on that last Psycho Squad? I don't even remember, because these guys are just so good. I mean, you're our new co-workers now, right? Maybe Saturday we can go play some pickleball, huh? <laughs> I'll see you at the next retreat. See you around, Hannibal. I'm sure sooner rather than later, detective. And he gives a assaulting smirk to Lang, and they all leave. You notice one person left one thing behind. Jimmy left something in his locker. You see a PDA on, on like the sort of like small top shelf of his locker. Probably gonna be a drawing of a penis on it, but I'm gonna pick it up. <laughs> it's a drawing of dick butt. <laughs> no, and it says, this is you. <laughs> is this something you're doing obviously or hiddenly? Hey, yeah, I'm gonna try to do it hiddenly. Okay, slay hand. I'll take a 10 for 24. Okay, you, you, yeah, grab it, and I take it you're not gonna look at it right now, you're just gonna kind of- Yeah, I'm gonna like slip it in my quiver or something like that. You guys all have your lockers. They still have the old names on them, but that'll get replaced later. And Hannibal kind of, he, you see, he almost makes a show of looking at his watch and says, well, the next part of your briefing should be here presently. I just sent for them. Door opens and in comes a lizard looking dude. Scales, he's got a lot of earthy tones, a lot of sort of desert tones. And he, he's decorated with a headdress and a shoulder dress of showy gold jewelry with feathers sticking out and armbands and elbow, uh, almost like plates. And just, it's nowhere near armored. It's almost all completely decorative. And he has almost ritualistic blue ink drawings on him, almost like eyeliner, uh, almost like thin lipstick, a thing on his chest, some sort of insignia on his forehead. And coming in right behind him is a guy that looks much like you would imagine Anubis to look. And these are, in fact, the same two people from the picture that came with Hope. Is the Anubis person also not, like, wearing regular clothes? Does he have, like, this desert apparel on? Like, totally out of place? He does. 
and he has, as you can see, uh, on his hips and in sheaths almost, or not sheaths, actually probably just a little a little loop to stick through, two rounded sickles. And he is, of course, wearing the very Egyptian-themed headdress. He he seems to have a little more kind of coverage than than this the lizard guy. Uh, however, it's still it's like this cannot be battle effective. Hannibal says, "Gentlemen, meet the remaining members of Psycho Squad: Mr. Quetzalcoatl and Mr. Anubis." Quetzalcoatl, uh, he kind of walks forward and, say, and, and folds his arms and kind of looks you up and down very judgingly and says, Is this you the best you could present to me? These specimens. <laughs> and he kind of taps his chin. I suppose they'll do. Well, I suppose they'll have to do since you have absolutely no choice about this, Eddie. And he kind of like winces and glares at Hannibal. Well, go on, go on, introduce yourselves. You're really haughty for a guy with no clothes on. I was about to say, is this the best you could do, Hannibal, giving us half-naked guys to fight with? Quetzalcoatl steps forward up to you and kind of holds his hands out, and you can see his long claws and goes, I believe you'll find me to be an apt fighter. I've yet to see you prove yourself. Well, we haven't seen you prove yourself. He brings his hands together and pulls them apart, and you can see in between his hands the double helix of a DNA strand. And he pulls it out, stretches it. And he takes his little claw and gives you a little prick. And he drops a piece of blood into the strand. And he looks at it and goes, Hmm. Well, you are Victor. Your mother was an anthro. Your father was an anthro. And your mom and your dad were not the same, were they? One came from blood. Heavy blood. Ooh, nice full-blooded elf. And the other half-blooded. Mixed. And he closes his hands. Well, he was doing that, like... I got real close. I was like looking real interested in the thing he was doing with his hands and the light. Kind of looks at you like he totally buying in that you're interested. Like, mm, yeah, pretty impressive. I'm like, wow, that that's pretty impressive. But what happens if and I pinch him? <laughs> you pinch him? Yeah, I pinch him. You you feel like a scale in between your fingers. And he pulls away. And he goes, "Excuse you? Do you not know that you are in the presence of a god?" <laughs> And Hannibal says, Quetzalcoatl is under the impression that he is the very embodiment of an ancient god that he claims knowledge of known as Quetzalcoatl, which no one else in the entire city has been aware of its existence. He is a god, and I am a god. It is not my fault that you heathen have forgotten. And of course, his ever companion, Mr. Anubis, who should not be here but would not leave Quetzalcoatl's side, he is not the conversationalist. But However, he's very talented with his weapons. Known to sever several heads. Should the occasion call for it. Gentlemen, I hope that you all will get along. There's no need for petty competitions or unneeded rivalries. You'll all be working together for some time, so it's best to get along. Now, if you would excuse me, we're having a sudden epidemic of citizens going crazy that I must address. So, I would like you all to please introduce yourselves to each other, get to know each other in this time, and then you are free to go. Thank you for your time. And he kind of gives you a little head nod and leaves unless you have anything to stop. Wait, pe- people going crazy where? It is far above your pay grade. Do not worry. I'll be sure to inform you when we need you for things. But if you must know, there are several people here in the lower parts of the city that are behaving very irrationally and destructively. And it is quite the outbreak. But do not worry. We are well equipped in people's minds. We are bringing in the best counselors to understand what is going on. You need not worry your little heads about it concentrating on getting to know each other. You all are such wonderful personalities. I'm sure you all will get along very well. Okay. I am Victorious, the god of being kindness, and this is Lanris, the god of sweat sweatshirts. 
What am I the god of? Kentaro walks forward, decked out in his new super cool armor. This is what he looks like. I've already mentioned the carbon fiber. It it hugs his muscles well, augmenting them. You can see it's obviously a little more than the muscles he has. And it's got this uh, face mask that has a center eyepiece, like right where you would never have it and realize eye cameras on each side where you actually would look good with your eyes. And he has, at the top of his head, these extending almost antenna that mimic ears. You are the god of cycloptic bunnies, my friend. I don't... And he kind of like... He, at first he was kind of like flexing, but he goes, I don't look like a bunny. <laughs> Do I look like, and he looks in the mirror, and he kind of slouches. I look like a bunny. A cool bunny. You got a squat. All, all I know is you got to go get you a chainsaw. A chainsaw? Yeah, bunnies carry chainsaws. Oh, yeah. And he recalls the time when Comet attacked you. Well, and he heads over, and you see above his, his locker is the name Eddie. <laughs> you might as well tell me why you gentlemen are here now. What brought you into the dismal service of Psycho Squad? Uh, we're one in men. We could choose death or this, so we chose this. That's pretty much it. A wise decision, to be sure. Death is not so kind to the unbeliever. When when did you realize you were a god? Is that like an he early life? He looks at you, deadpanned, locks eyes at you and says, always. Showing his pointed lizard teeth. <laughs> Look, that, that's neither here nor there. Look, have you been on a mission before? What's this guy got us doing? Well, I am new to Psycho Squad, unfortunately, certain <clears throat> indiscretions, as they would call it. I saw it as it righteously should be the judgment of a god. How would they know who deserves to live or die? They walk around with their court saying they know the heart of man. But I know, and I hmm, served justice on the battlefield. They disagreed, so here I am, and... We will see how this psycho squad turns out. You see Kitaro mumbles under his breath. So far, it feels well-named. So, pretzel coitus, um, what, what are you the god of? <laughs> I mean, I don't... It is Quetzalcoatl, and I am the god of balance. He holds out two hands, and in one hand is a bright red, scarlet red orb, and the other hand is a white, and he says, I take the good and the bad in the world, and I make sure there is an equal measure of both, and they rise to the ceiling and dissipate in a, in a bright flash and a sparkle as it kind of falls to the ground like broken glass. You ever do that little blood reading thing on yourself? I am the embodiment of fairness, the embodiment of balance. Your hearts are on the scales and they are uneven. You would be well served to more balance out your lives. Though you are on the opposite sides of the scales, you could do well by taking each other's advice. Opposite sides? Hey, you totally lost me. What? It is often that mortals cannot understand the wise words of the Supreme, which you will learn to understand me in time. And of you, what are your... Skills? And he looks you up and down. You must be good to be assigned here and not to the gallows. Oh, I forgot. This world doesn't use gallows. You, you, oh, you use your weapons. You think your technology has saved you. He, he shoots things. I, I hit things, so. Oh, good. A fair battler. He looks at you. And he kind of holds your shoulders. and kind of like sizes you up. Man, he used the traditional arts. Who, who is he doing that to? Uh, Victor. None of these weapons and energy and slings of fire. Meant for the gods when man has decided to wield fire, you know it could only be trouble. Uh, yeah, uh, every time we've seen someone use fire, it's always been trouble. And you, he looks at you, Lanners. Suppose a rocket launcher or some other equally destructive and unelegant weapon. What? Wow, you are way off. Whew. 
Try, I'll give you another try, actually. Obviously, foresight's not your thing. Maybe you should prick him. Oh. Prick him. Don't, no, don't touch me. He waves his hands and says, It'd be a waste of my time. I've already demonstrated my power. Out with it. Out with it. No, I, come on. I want you to try again. I like the, where'd you get the rocket thing? Where, where'd that come from? I didn't know I gave he off that place places his hand on your chest and brings his nails down and pricks a little bit. Not, not any sort of deep gash. And he brings out the double helix and he spins it around his finger and goes, Oh. <sighs> Well, is this not a surprise? A man of also ancient arts. And how skilled are you with the ancient bow? Surely you've augmented it with your technology. Mm, I hadn't. I gotta use this now when I hold up the new bow with the neon. <laughs> the obnoxious neon. <laughs> Ugh, how can you hide with such a bright thing? Where is your practical sensibility? This, was, this wasn't my choice. They broke my old one. Ah, uh, yes. Well, I can understand that. There's many things that will be happening to us now that we're on Psycho Squad that will not be our choice. It was made of wood. Real wood. I will say how- Well, did you say real wood? Yes. Not this faux- This faux craftsmanship that they've so come akin to in this uh, city. Where'd you get such a thing? My grandfather. He brought it from the old world. Well, he must have been a gentleman of sorts. But Lang snapped it over his knee, so tossed it out of vertebrae. Oh, yes. Detective Lang. He can be quite personable, and then he can be quite not when he chooses to be. A good fellow if you're on his right side. Yeah, he got on his left. It's not what I meant. Uh, it, was a, it was a joke. Uh. Oh, you are so fond of them, aren't you? Well, I will say, if I am forced to be with people that I could not choose, I am excited that it is men who are trained in combat. Ancient combat, and not hiding behind these energy weapons. And Guitaro kind of like scratches the back of his head. And you, bunny man, what do you do? <laughs> I'm not, it's not a bunny. I'm a pagan who uses energy weapons. Oh, good. We have one of them at least on our team. They can be useful at times. I will not deny that. If unelegant. So does this guy not have a bomb in his head? And I point to Anubis. A bomb in his head? No, no one could touch either of us with your horrid technology. You wouldn't allow it. And he gestures it all. He gestures as if to go away, away with it. Are you saying you don't have a bomb in your head? Of course I don't have a bomb in my head. Why would I put a bomb in my head? Oh, that's not pleasant at all. Suppose you weren't police officers then, now were you? Happens occasionally, the talented rabble, coming out from the depths of the underworld. I will tell you, and Anubis will tell you quite as well if he would talk, that those in the underworld, well, of course, their reputations tarnished, and their arts black, can be quite useful in combat. I bear you no ill will from your background, I'll have you know that. The Brotherhood of Battle will be made with all of us. Our backgrounds will mean nothing. Well, maybe some backgrounds will be more important than others. Wait, you were a cop? Of course I was a cop! What was your jurisdiction? I was in the Lower West Precinct. Dealt with... Organized crime. That's quite what brought me here, of course. There was a nasty bit of ring. Uh, one of those things where they trade in sex and in slaves and in bodies. Of course, of the unwilling. So... I pass judgment on some of the more mm, less deserving of the gift of life. And the police officers felt I didn't give them their rights. Well, I say, what rights are there before a guard? But they disagree. So you executed a bunch of gang bangers. Yeah, if you put it so bluntly, I suppose it still retains its truth. Though without its finesse. Uh, I guess there's worse things you could have done. 
And he's just along for the ride? Oh, yes, Anubis never leaves his my side. Do you, Anubis? He just kind of looks unanswingly, but enough to acknowledge that he's being spoken to and that he understands what's being said to him. You'll get used to that. He's a he's quite a stoic fellow, but he is useful in combat and quite a useful uh, companion. If you know, of course, you share the kinship of gods. Every god does need its powerful servant. <clears throat> so when do we need to, you know, get started on this? Well, he said we're free to go after this. I'm going to reach into my quiver and take out the PDA. Okay. Open is a sort of email and it reads... Hey, Jimmy, I got your message regarding accessing classified files. Believe it or not, the system's kind of basic. All classifying a file does is prevent any user without the proper clearance from opening it. But as you found out, as long as a user has the file open before the lock is placed on it, the file will remain open. It's a huge fecking loophole, I know, and I brought it up to the guys at the tech office like a thousand times, but you know how that goes. Regarding the second part of your question, if the file has been closed, theoretically someone could grab the temp file created when a file's open before it's classified, but that's just theoretical. You'd have to have some way of finding the right one, otherwise you could spend a lifetime going through mountains of temps that are created on the network, especially with this many users. The other hurdle is, you gotta get to it before they clean the system. At least you got that going for you. The sluggards over at the tech department haven't purchased the system once during the entire time I've worked here. I swear I could do that entire department's job by myself. We still on for Friday? Kimmel. You see there are two other files open. Oh, yeah, sweet. Oh, I was, I was going to totally check them out. A folder that says something like dossier or briefing, mission briefing, right? And it's a bunch of unopened files in a folder, but two of them are still open. And you see it says Victor Irons Lanris Malayas. So it has our files. Yep, they're open. The rest of them, you see like Kentaros and all other stuff, they're not open. Huh. I mean, I guess I look at them. Subject, Lanris Malayas. Race, catfolk, elf descent, male. Current occupation, Psycho Squad, Hannibal DeWitt, Commanding Officer. Previous occupations, Gang Enforcer, Security for Freight Company, Sanctioned Bounty Hunter. Gang Affiliations, the AAA, Aliases, NA. Bio. Born on Redacted in Lower Kadesh to second generation Anthros. Father is a former police officer who was discharged after on-the-job injuries. Subject was discharged from his position as a bounty hunter due to conduct unbecoming of an officer of the court. Was not charged due to Redacted who was not only his attorney, but also his sister, Redacted. Subject took working security for Redacted. Subject one of two unofficial survivors of the incident. Subject killed and wounded civilians at bar, Redacted. Next was spotted setting ablaze car number three on tram, Redacted. Killing several civilians and injuring many others. And most importantly, damaging city property. At this time, an APB was placed for his arrest. Danger to public was assessed to be high, public notified. Usual protocol indicates that the public is not to be notified until the prerequisites as outlined in Protocol 671C. However, the protocol was overridden by Redacted, and the public was notified anyway. Next was spotted trying to make contact with his family during standard police stakeout. Subject and accomplices evaded arrest, injuring several officers in the escape. See Victor Irons in AAA dossiers. Subject was Redacted, evading arrest by Group Captain Redacted. Subject's location was ascertained by Redacted. A forced entry event took place, resulting in the arrest of the subject and several accomplices. See forced entry of vessel redacted dossier. Subject inducted into Psycho Squad. All further prosecution of case halted. Threat level 7. Subject has showed proficiency with a bow. Makes use of multiple ammunitions. Excellent climber and acrobat. Adept at interfacing with bio drones. Shows some tactical proficiency. However, he is quick to give up and makes decisions hastily. Has affection for his sister, which can easily be used against him, as his sister has already turned him in once. Recommend extreme caution when dealing with subject. Do not engage at long distances. Charges. Murder in the first degree of a civilian. Evading arrest. Assault of a police officer with a deadly weapon with intent. Redacted. 
Redacted. Murder in the second degree of a police officer. Redacted. Intent to incite panic. Affiliated reports. Gemini attack on redacted. Incident at bar redacted. Number 37. Attack on tram redacted. Incursion on police number 6985. Redacted. Forced entry of vessel redacted. AAA dossier. And there's links to all those different reports. Right. Which I assume I wouldn't be able to open. Lanners is deciding whether or not to snoop on Victor. And I think he's going to decide ultimately to do that. Subject. Victor Irons. Race cat folk. Mixed descent male. Current occupation. Psycho squad. Hannibal DeWitt commanding officer. Previous occupations, gang enforcer, security freight company, engineer for redacted, gang affiliations, AAA, alias is NA. Born on redacted in lower Kadesh to first generation anthros, father is a redacted. Wife, Sarah, is first generation anthro, presumably underwent transformation for the subject. Subject's wife comes from money, current occupation, nurse. Subject is educated and trained in a trade school to be an engineer specializing in cybernetics and robotics. Was discharged from his position as an engineer at the redacted company due to work-related injuries, including two broken ribs, burn wounds, and eviscerated arm left. Company documented it as a fault of operator. Truth, however, is redacted. Subject took job working security for redacted. And then the rest of it is the same as what was yours. For the bio, threat level six, subject has shown proficiency with bludgeoning weapons, has also shown moderate proficiency with firearms. Subject is augmented and has been identified to have an implanted weapon, shows resilience and stamina, however, is prone to run into combat, putting himself in a position to easily be surrounded. Recommended engaging with a small force and surrounding subject when he has pushed himself too far into enemy lines. Charges, all the same charges as you. Affiliate reports, all the same affiliate reports. There's not other open files, are there? There are not. You could see the most recently open file, which was Kentaro, but it was closed. Mm. I'd hand Vic the PDA when the file was on his and say, hey, they knew something about your uh, accident. So it wasn't my fault. Hey, what, what threat level are you? <laughs> what, um, uh, what was it, a seven? What? I'm a six. <laughs> uh, I always knew I wasn't. I mean, I, I was pretty sure it wasn't my fault. Hey, can I read? What? What you guys are looking at? Um, It's just the files on us. It says all the stuff we did. Ooh, 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 let me see. No. Is there one on me? There was, but it's closed and we can't open it. They know a lot about me. I mean, I hope so. It's their jobs. We pay taxes for this. You you hear, you hear, oh, coming from uh, Quetzalcoatl and he goes, in my days, we just did tributes. (laughs) I'm trying to like put away the PDA. Virgin sacrifices though, right? Don't be crass. Oh. Those are just rumors. Well, uh, we're free to go, right? We just had to talk to you. I think we talked to you enough. You feel, uh, acqu- you feel well acquainted yet here, uh, Quetz? <clears throat> it's Quetzalcoatl. That's way too many syllables. Your, uh, your locker says Eddie. I, I know what my locker says. Okay. Is that your mortal name? No, it is what my fellow officers have taken to calling me. Some play on some comedian I'm unaware of. If you insist that Quetzalcoatl is too complicated... I suppose you can call me Eddie, though it wouldn't hurt you to practice speaking well. Perhaps using more than four-syllable words could improve your vocabulary. Goodness knows you gentlemen need it. Not just, of course, speaking to you, but of your entire race. Well, this has been very, very entertaining, but um, I think we're going to leave. Suit yourself. I suppose we'll see each other soon, and next it'll be on the battlefield. Yay. Well, let's hope not. Well, I suppose it was pleasant to meet you. And he gives sort of like a, a little, like... Almost like kingly bow. Later. Thanks for being, like, relatively the most normal person here, actually. Travel well, and and thank you, I think. Well, I know why they call it Psycho Squad now. Oh, he's not that bad. Uh, what? Oh, he was talking about you, Lanerist. You didn't, uh, oh. <laughs> Awkward. 
Katara's totally still wearing the armor. Are, are you going to wear that outside? No, I'm going to carry it around. If only there was an easy way to carry clothes. It's not clothes. It's like a suit of battle armor. All right, look, you do whatever you want. Bunny armor. It's not. It's not bunny. What do you think Kentaro's threat level was? I don't know. A hundred. Wait, what's a wait, what's, wait, what's a threat level? <laughs> let me see the P- glamour. Let me see the PDA. And you're like, oh, keep keep away from the guitar, and you're throwing it over his head. And he's trying to reach him. He's too short. <laughs> I, I'm like, I'm like, no, stop with the secret, secret later. <laughs> we need to stop at a detail shop and let him get his uh, armor painted pink. <laughs> <sighs> Hey, listen, don't make fun of me. This is the only way I can hear normal now. Actually, this is, like, great. I can almost feel better than I could before. Can't they get you, like, a little, uh, little headpiece? You gotta wear the whole thing all the time? I'll, I'll ask our good captain next time we see him. Are the ears stationary, or do they move? They move. They swivel. Can you, hey, can you hear what uh, they're talking about in the, wherever Hannibal went? We could try, right? What, are they gonna do, fire us? <laughs> uh, wait, their firing is, like, fire, you know, in your head. <laughs> As in, take aim fire. I get it. No, as in, like, our heads will explode fire. They wouldn't do that while we're in the police station. We don't know how big the explosive is. All it has to do is be enough to remove the head. I I feel like we might get a reprimand, not an instant brain killer, because we listened in on this conversation. We don't know, though. They're psycho. Psycho squad. It's surely the, it's the canister. They're airing it out in Lower Kadesh. Do you think they would be that stupid? What's stupid about it? They clearly don't care about the people down here. Look how it affected you two, man. And that took so much to fix it. And and that, that that thing's gone now. There's no way to fix what happens to anyone now. They're not worried about fixing anybody down here. It's half the city. They can't disregard us that quickly. How else do you explain it? Well, I know how to find out. Let's go. You guys look out for me and I'll see if I can't listen. Yeah. You guys kind of uh, go over to Hannibal's office, which is obviously the first place to think about looking. And you can hear mumbling coming through there. And Katara puts, he's like, look out. And he puts his ear up to it. And he kind of just like repeats quietly what's being said. Uh, that way we don't have to keep saying. Katara says that they say that he said that there was somebody else in the room. And that his mother said that his brother, his dog's babysitter. Actually, can you believe that bit? All right. He's talking about, there's, a, he's calling an epidemic on the east side of the city. People doing unexplained behavior. Maiming people, maiming family members. And he kind of turns to you a little bit, jumping out of windows, stuff like that. They're, they're talking about what to do about it, how to handle the people they've arrested. It sounds like a lot of delegation. Oh, oh, we need to go. They're getting up. I think you're right. They're, they're bold. That's really bold. They're just freaking in the middle of the city. Why don't they go out in the ocean and do it? We got to tell them not to send officers into that. But what, what do they do? Oh, what, they're going to listen to a couple members of Psycho Squad. They didn't believe anything we've said. You think they're going to believe? Oh, oh yeah. It's going to be a real convincing argument. We tell them about the insanity, the faceless monster, the ancient thing from another world underneath the sea. They're really going to start calling us Psycho Squad. And I want to blame them. But I'll give it this. I'll give Hannibal this. He at least seems sane. Like, he's not like that, that Detective Lang guy. Like, that guy seems to be, like, mean. Like, at his core. Like, I almost want to believe that maybe the captain is somebody who actually cares about law. Maybe. We won't know until we get our first mission. I guess I want to write something down. So I guess I'm going to just start writing a list of what I expect to happen with the crystal. Like, you're going to see the following things. People are going to have nightmares. People are going to do this. People are going to do that. And all the symptoms that we experienced from the crystal. Okay. And and I'm going to be doing that for a little bit. Hannibal walks by you. He's like kind of like behind you guys are kind of off to the hallway. And as he's walking by, he's talking to someone you've never seen before. You hear from the mumble of words. You know how like when you your name said, you had no clue what else was said around it, but you heard your name because it's something you're familiar with. Mm-hmm. You hear the word Willoughby as he's walking down the hallway. <laughs> it's probably on my list of things. People saying Willoughby. I'm like, <laughs> it's, it's almost like something like 
blah, blah, blah. I don't know who this Willoughby is, but we need to find out. Blah, blah, blah. Hey, Hannibal. He stops and turns. Mr. Malleus? I'm just going to, like, present the sheet to him be like, I think I know, have an idea of what's going on with your uh, little situation there, but don't take my word for it. I handed the piece of paper. I'm sure these are all the things you're experiencing right now. Or at least people are experiencing. And uh, Hannibal actually kind of looks a little bit nervous. You're not sure because you've not seen a man with a metal head nervous. Mm-hmm. But he kind of takes paper, doesn't even look at it, kind of puts it in his pocket. And stepping from behind him is this guy. He's a normal looking elf. I would imagine like what you like a police officer who's dressed in a tie. He's not in formal clothes, but police officer wears a tie. He's got like a nice blue vest, nice blue slacks, brown dress shoes. He's got like those like gun holsters that go over like the shoulders and behind. A red tie with a clip. And he's got a, a, a detective's mustache. Not as impressive as Caleb's real mustache, but you know he's trying. And he he's got like a, a what do you call it? Like a, a a folder, like a stack of folders in his hand. And he kind of looks over to you, and he looks at you, and he's got like these almost indents in his cheeks. You kind of get that when somebody's like very fit or skinny. And he looks at you, and he's, he's a pretty tall guy. And he kind of looks up and down and says, "Landris and Victor, huh? Yes, Commissioner Shaw. This is Landris Myers and Victor Irons. I'm sure this introduction is quite redundant." I'm sure you're aware of them all. Gentlemen, this is Commissioner Edwin Shaw, the Commissioner of Lower Kadesh. And Shaw just like kind of, he raises an aged eyebrow at you. This man is, like you would think in, in human terms, oh, this guy's got to be in his 50s. But whatever the analog to that is towards, you know, the, the end, of, not, not the end of his life, but about to cross over to being, you know, an older man. No gray yet. Uh, maybe a little bit in, in like the sides of his hair and on his stash. And he looks at you and says, um, you gentlemen uh, should be thanking the captain here. If I had my way, we'd be throwing your bodies into the ocean right now. It'd be in your best interest to prove Hannibal to be a correct judge of character. There was a lot of reasons to let you three burn. None which have been substantiated in the court of law, so I guess that's a moot point. His face is just full of of deep, impressed character. There's no, like, scar showing from battle, but you can see the signs of a stressful life aged into his face. He has not retained much of the beauty of an elf, yet still contained the handsomeness that uh, just cannot be taken away except with sword and knife. And he uh, looks you over and says, well, we'll all see how you perform. And he kind of turns and they continue back down to what was apparently a very important conversation. People don't believe in due process around here, do they? No. Especially not gods who feel they can just kill people. Guess what's the difference between him and Captain, huh? Let's get out of here. Yeah. Yeah, I gotta go shop smart. Shop as smart. <laughs> hey, look at that. Both campaigns. We have to reference Evil Dead. We have to go to the medic place. They heal you up. Totes heal. Totes. Totes. Healed. I like that. Not of ability damage, just HP. Totes heal of a bit HP. And then, because uh, the cure-all was technically for me, they, I couldn't get it like prescribed to Kentaro. Did you ever give that to him yet? No. Oh, no, I don't think I have yet. So I guess I do that while we're in the medic center. Like, you should probably take these. What, what for? I feel pretty good. I do you? Like... <laughs> Uh, yes? Like, just, I have no idea how to explain this to you. Remember, remember when we were in the bathroom and you're sitting on the floor and, like, you kind of, I don't know, you, you like, kind of exhaled painfully for a second? But you, you felt like, what, you know, a haze? Uh, honestly, I, I don't remember. A lot happened today. But I'll take it. If you want me to take it, I'll take, take it. T- take it. All right. Hey, Andrew. You want to play some D&D tonight? No. I, I can't. You're not real. None of this is real. 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 Mental divergence can be a tricky situation, but we here at Tales from the Lich can be your hand in the infinite darkness. When you can't play, listen. TalesFromTheLich.com right, where, do you, where do you guys go? 
Um, I, I do need to go to a store. I want to pick up 20 batteries. All right, Fantasy S-Mart. Fantasy S-Mart. That's 2,000. Then I want um, the Belt of Physical Perfection plus 2, which is 16,000. And then I want a Headband of Mental Prowess 2, uh, Intelligence chariz- and Charisma, which is 10,000. And I'm good right now. Okay, I, I do want an art pistol put back into my hand. I'm going to buy an inflatable mattress. I mean, I'd rebuy most of the stuff I had before. Pluma Panache, Belt of Dexterity, Headband of Charisma. Hey, um, <clears throat> hey, uh, Victor. Uh-huh. I noticed you haven't touched that unopened bottle of, uh, algae soda. Oh, um, yeah, I forgot about it. I mean, I was just saying if you weren't going to drink it. No, I no, I mean, I bought it. I, I want to... I mean, if it's a problem, I didn't mean to... I mean, I'm not going right. to impose. Let me see. If, if it's grape, I'll give it to you. I don't like grape, but... Oh, it's orange. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Never mind. It's, you're, you're, you're not gonna get it. Here we go, listeners. Accurate. Here we go. <sighs> so glad that I they happen to design soda cans just the way we have in our world. That's correct. Anyone buy anything else? Um, upgrading my cloak of resistance to a plus three. Yeah, I'm gonna rebuy the nanite hypo gun for sure. But I guess I'll buy a white one. I'll get a two nanite canisters. I'm gonna buy some uh, arts and crafty stuff. Oh, how do you guys want to divvy out the books you got? Oh, I'm I'm gonna give him back Forest one. I think this is actually the first time you noticed the chiropractic one. Yeah. Oh right. <laughs> you know what? I want to buy a filter mask too. Uh, I am going to buy a chameleon suit, but I'm buying it for Dahlia. Okay. You get it appropriately sized. Hey Katara, you want anything? I got all the money. I'm your uh, sugar daddy. What do you want? Yeah. How come you guys got the money? How come I didn't get any money? How come Veem doesn't like me? We don't even know if Veem likes us. Maybe it was a errant deposit. Yeah, can I get more clothes? Right now I have the options of the stuff that we just bought a few minutes ago that we got off the dollar store racks, and then this stuff. He takes the the, the bread thing out of his his back. As much as I love Breddy, so he picks out some clothes. Okay. Oh, I go sh- clothes shopping with him. Great. Great. I'm also going to buy an extra arc right, uh, pistol to give to Sarah to defend herself. All right, y'all guys all done with that? What are you going to do now? <sighs> well, I want to go see my wife again. And back to Dolly's then. Yes. What? What are you sighing for? You sound like me. You saw what it, we did to her. What I did to her. She chose to live like that. To to do that for you. You didn't make her. Yeah, because the other choice is still to let her brother die, which isn't really a choice. Lanris, Victor's right. You can't blame yourself for this stuff. It's not whether or not I blame myself. It's the effect I have. It's what happens. X equals Y. Listen, everything that's happened hasn't been your fault. Uh, you've been dealt bad hand after bad hand after bad hand. But if you leave now, if you make that choice, then you're the one that's hurting her. And I know that's not something you want to do. She's happy to have her brother back. Who wouldn't be? And right now, I think we could use a lawyer. Why? What do the courts matter at the moment? We could figure out something. We shouldn't throw them away just because our enemies have. From the very beginning, you've been talking about us having a fair trial and being represented. And she's the only one that could do that for us right now. Listen, she's a, a. She can be a very useful tool to us. Don't we call my throw sister that a tool. I, that came out wrong. It. What I meant was she. She could. She could be help helpful. You see, he's not like starting to stammer. And yeah, she she could die like everyone else we know. And you think you not being there would give her any better of a chance? At least when you're here, we can have a chance to defend her. Yeah, from the things that we attract. I want to see my wife, and you need to spend time with your sister. You you need that. We we can protect them if we're around them. We might not be able to protect them. They know about them. They were in that those files. They know everything. They want to attack us. It says so right there. They go get to our loved ones. You're talkative now, aren't you, Victor? 
I just don't want to leave them. Just got them back. We'll see how it goes, but I'm not happy about it. That's the second time you've said that, Manris. The That Victor's talkative. Are we going or not? You guys get onto the tram. Sirs, would you like not now? And the Vembot turns around and goes the other direction. <laughs> you guys have a awkward ride until you get to the place. You get out. You know exactly where to go. You go down the, the narrow alley and up the small set of stairs to get to her apartment. You get in there and it looks like Dahlia and Sarah are towards the end of cleaning up the mess as much as they can anyway. There's some stuff burning the walls. They aren't just going to come out with a small scrubbing. Yeah, as you get in there, here, Sarah go. Uh, what about this one? It says uh, the case of Mr. Scott versus... Yeah, yeah, throw it. That one burned too much. Oh, you guys are back. Yeah. Well, Kentaro. You knew that was him? I thought you would just say buddy guy. You know, he does kind of look like a bunny. And Kara's like, oh, don't let... Uh. Are you still wearing that? I can hear. I have ears. Sorry. I couldn't get super cool ears like you. I couldn't get magic ears. They kind of go, they kind of adjust. How did work? How was, how was work? Weird. Uh, we met a god. Two gods. And the biggest, most important policeman in all of Lower Kadesh. How about you guys? Uh, just met Soot and Cinder. Probably more interesting than the people we met. Just self-important really self-important cops who would imagine that dahlia says that and sarah kind of gives her a look of what do you mean by that i guess we're setting up for the night actually and you see they both kind of look at each other we had a thought about i mean i figure you guys are you know pretty pretty worn out from from having a rough couple days especially today so we figured we'd all go out to eat someplace i mean we could just eat here as much as the delicious cup of noodles that i can provide you guys would just be decadence i'm not sure we're ready for that level of cuisine i assume we're footing the bill though she got it smirks well of everyone here there are only two of us that recently came into a hundred thousand gold pieces each guitar goes mm-hmm <laughs> i don't know he's spent a lot of it on algae cola lifetime supply <laughs> do you have somewhere in mind i do i got a place i like a lot just let let, let me get changed and here, Sarah go, Mom, me and Victor go back to my house, Victor, and I'm all, I can change. I have all my clothes there. Just give me, Victor, just give me that look that, like, you know 100% means, come with me. Do not yeah. debate this one. Uh, I'm going to go with her. Uh, where is that? Mom and Dad's place, you hear Dolly say. I'm just trying to think, is that anywhere near, or would they pass by where they said the crazy people were happening? Oh, good question. Roll me a d4. Three. No. Guess uh, we'll get ready here. Where are we meeting? Let's meet at uh, the Boca de Pepe. It's over and she explains where it is. You know, it's a real restaurant. Uh, that's why I picked it. I thought it was a, is it a chain? Because I thought it was a single restaurant that is in upstate New York. So I'm guessing not unless you've been to where I grew up. <laughs> no, there's there's one in really? Atlantic City. Yeah, my Damn, parents go there I all the time. I thought it was like a single thing. Well, Fantasy Boca de Pepe, right next to Fantasy Costco and Fantasy S Mart <laughs> and Kmart. All right, if, might as well, if we're already ripping stuff off, Fantasy Boca de Pepe. <laughs> I guess I gotta wait for Sarah and Vic to leave. Right, you guys go. Mm-hmm. And Kintaro's like, I guess I can't wear this. Mm, bring it just in case, if you can. Um, I don't, I don't know if I can manage that unless I'm carrying around a giant backpack. <laughs> I'll just tape these things all together. Dolly, mind if I use your room to change? Sure, go ahead. Wait, you're not gonna change back in the my clothes? No, no, I got my own clothes. Oh, good, because I'm out of Breddy the Bread mascot. Yes, I'm aware. You want that shirt back? I'd be more than happy to give that shirt back to you if you want. Yeah, just as a dirty pile of clothes, put it there. I'll go get it washed. Oh, she didn't ask for the pants back. Awesome. <laughs> pants is a re- really loose term. Uh, more like <laughs> boy shorts. It might be the better on him. Uh, when Katara walks out of the room, I look at Dahlia and I 
walk over to the kitchen, open the drawer, and grab the laser pistol and, like, throw it at her. She catches it and looks up at you. And I grab the chameleon suit out of the my bag and throw it to her. She kind of holds it up and goes, I don't know if this is exactly restaurant wear. Put it under your clothes or something. If you really want to keep me around, you better be ready. Fair enough. Does that mean you're staying? For now. She runs up to you and gives you a strong hug. We'll figure this out later. There for you before and I'm going to be there for you again, okay? Just a lot of people close to me have died for no reason at all. And you don't deserve that. None of them did. It didn't make a difference. She squares you up and looks in your eyes and says, If I have to dance with the devil himself, I'm going to clear you of these charges. Lanner's like tears up. Besides, I'm not getting anywhere in my RSF stuff. Maybe I can actually win something. What did I do to deserve you? Oh, don't. If you cry, I swear. <laughs> she, he, He's uh, she's like, let's go. If you like somebody like just realized they were holding a spider. She kind of lets you go and goes, like, Lanner's. Hey, I'm not knowing you to be Mr. Sentimental, okay? And you don't deserve family. Believe me, I've thought that before. It's not about deserving, all right? You don't get to choose. You can pick your friends. You can't pick your family, okay? And I love you. And mom and dad love you, even if they don't aren't as good at showing it. You're, you're your biggest critic. Not once have, have mom and I ever said to each other, boy, that Landris guy, he's always causing all that trouble. Not once. Because that's not the way we think of you. I don't know why you think you, to, you insist on thinking of yourself that way. You have, you've had a decent job. Sure, you've messed up. Who hasn't? I'd like you to name one person. Come on. All the characters you met today. I bet you were the most sane. And don't say Victor, because Victor, I don't, he's like an uh, unshakably good mood that is alien. That's like, he's an alien. It's not possible. My f- face kind of sours at the mention of that. Katara is absolutely not normal. There's no, I've never seen a cat folk with, never mind. The point is, some girl fighting to have a baby and turn off a reproduction suppression field. That doesn't scream every day to you. It's, ease up off yourself. You're bringing me down. It's kind of hard not to. So wait, where'd you find this Kentaro guy? Because we we need it. We need to talk about this. And there's like instant like girl talk mode. Her hands go up like close together in front of her. <laughs> I need all the details. Here's my three easy steps for picking up guys. Uh, one, uh, reject their comfort and then cry alone in the shower. Uh, two, jump out a window. Are you taking uh, notes? I've already done most of these, but continue. Um, three, point, point a bow and arrow at them in the middle of the night because you think they're your dead friend Booker. That worked for you, huh? Okay, well, I need to rethink my dating. Hey, listen, you're the one who has a boyfriend, and I am not, so I need to, I need to take lessons, apparently. Yeah, I'm the, uh, the expert. He seems like a good guy. He's always taking care of you. He's almost another thing I don't know how I deserve. You gotta get off this deserve kick. Gosh darn it. When in life has, when has life ever delivered something to you because you deserved it? Life don't work that way. I deserved a lot of the bad things to happen to me. Not this one, but... Well, maybe this is karma, right? You've you've dodged so many bullets that you get one you don't deserve because you've missed so many you do deserve. You get tar from the room. It's fate! It's fate! <laughs> he doesn't believe it. No, I try. It's it's fate. He won't get off that. <laughs> is there anything else that needs to be done around here? Um, I'm trying to clean up after, I don't know, a bunch of like living fire dogs ran around in my house. How does that guy not get arrested? He walks Good around question. with a skeleton on his suit. Though around these parts, it's probably the least provocatively dressed. I've got people walking around with bread mascots on. That's the scariest thing. I, I do. I have to repeat myself. It was a, it's a very good catch. If if I if you if it was anybody else, I might. I'm just saying. If I had if I had like a, a grudge against you, that is how I would cash it in. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty much perfect. So stay jealous. <laughs> well, we'll see. Nobody's perfect, but I can overlook anyone's imperfections for a few nights if i have <laughs> a few nights yeah so he's with you but do you pay him or something it's like 
I don't know. I haven't figured it out. Some sort of crystal magic that keeps them attract pheromones you have in a bottle. (laughs) The crystal thing might not be far off, actually. Maybe he got. Maybe he went crazy too. (laughs) You think? And his manifestation is loving the unlovable. Well, you know, I'll agree. (laughs) You hear from the room, Landris. uh, I uh, see you for a second. Mm, Okay. Um. I kind of shrug at Dahlia and walk over there. Uh, he's like, all right, close the door. And he like, he makes sure he's out of sight with the door open. And he walks forward to you, and he's still in those little shorts. And he goes, I didn't want to admit it, but I couldn't get him off in the dressing room. And um, <laughs> does Dahlia have any scissors? Don't tell her what's it's for. I'll buy her a new pair. <laughs> I don't know, you might have to wear it to the restaurant. not doing that. <laughs> Surely has something. I mean, look at me. And he like just, one of those things. <laughs> it's like the zoom in on SpongeBob. <laughs> You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I cannot go on like this. Maybe, I guess, my clothes will cover it up. Sure, there's no scissors around the house. He's like picking at it, trying to get it unstuck. I'll check. I'll check. She wouldn't be mad, you don't think, right? She'll, she won't notice if I buy her new ones. She looks down. I don't think she'd want to keep these anyway. I don't know if you can wash this, the, 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 the uh, indecency off of these. I'm going to go look for something. Like, don't worry, you. And you cannot find scissors. Uh, I go back into the room. Uh, well, let me let me have a hand at the it. The guy raises an eyebrow. Be my guest. I walk over. So I'm assuming I can't, like, just... This is like the 20-minute, like, tug-of-war scene where he's, like, kicking you over and you're falling on the ground. You ever seen um, Seinfeld where what's-his-face wears, like, the most skinniest skinny jeans and he can't get them all? He's, like, falling over because he can't <laughs> bend his knees. He's like, it's just, it's just, it's just no use. Just... Hey, my pants. I'll let them <laughs> soak in a bathtub or something. Uh, Ugh, I hate getting wet. Makes my fur all. Hang on, hang on. Let's see. Uh, I'm gonna try to. I'm gonna get super suggestive and try to uh, bite them off. Yeah, start start a tear with my teeth. Yeah, and he's like, "Hey, watch with watch with your butt." All right, yeah, let's. Late <laughs> tonight, maybe we can. We'll try that method. He's like, just and he kind of pushes you aside and he puts on the pants. T- tonight we'll figure out how to get these off. There, can you notice it? He look, he's like displaying. Can you see under the pants? The pants. Can you notice it? Good. No. Perfect. Nailed it. I didn't think to get dress clothes. How fancy is this place? I have no idea. Never been there. Well, wear my armor. It's got super cool ears. Y- you could. I'm not stopping you. By the way, your new ear looks looks good. I mean, it's not as cute as this one. And he starts. He grabs your other ear playfully, teasingly, <laughs> on purpose to mock. He's like, No, nah, look, it's great. <laughs> It's not as, I don't want to talk about it. He kind of looks serious. Do you? Yeah. Bet it's hard to look at me, huh? I'd almost forgotten. He gives like, there's like a sincere relief, almost a genuine smile from that comment. Hey, your sister, she seems to be a nice girl. Inexplicably it loves you. That, I guess it's family. Otherwise, I, she'd have to dump you like a, a hot potato. She's always been a caring person. Just kind of, she's, she's just always been like that. She always wants to help people. Her and Victor should go out. <laughs> I, she No, she can be mean. You saw it. In the police station. <laughs> that was quite the display. She was tearing into them. I don't think Victor's even ever having a mean thought. Very less action. I know. I've seen him s- smash people's skulls in with a giant hammer before. And when he had that mace, he was quite a man. Quite a different guy. Oh, yeah. I don't... <sighs> oh, you think he's told Sarah yet? No idea. That's gonna be awkward. Well, he kind of slugs me in the shoulder. I'll say at least this, you know, that uh, you're uh your cute smile runs in the family. Your sister isn't too bad. I bet you I bet you had to fight off tons of uh, undesirables going after your sister, huh? Growing up? <laughs> uh, something like that. I mean, I let her do her own thing. I mean, if I wasn't already spoken for, I mean, I think I'd take her out to dinner. Oh, wait, what are we doing tonight? 
You're trying to make me jealous of my own sister. <laughs> no, of course not. Why would I do that? He kind of like picks up the, the, the bread shirt. <laughs> I have a feeling she has. He like opens the closet. Wait, she has a bunch of bigger shirts. Wait a second. <laughs> you see these comfy like sleep pants? I could have worn these. Are, these are very baggy. I mean, Dahlia really looks out for me. You don't, you don't oh, get it, do you? Oh, please. This I do not need. Well, you better get dressed, too. Is what I'm wearing out okay? You, you, I never thought I'd say this, but you look like a cop. Well, I guess I would have bought myself some clothes. I'll just throw something on over this. You think I should wear the stuff anyway? I mean, we're prone to getting ambushed. I'd rather be a little socially embarrassed and not get surprised again. Can you eat through it? I can, I, well, and he, uh, he uh, okay, he's not in the suit anymore, but he kind of picks up the helmet and presses the button. You can see the mouthpiece go away. Hey, I'd say go for it. Great. Well, prepare for lots of looks. If only I could find clothes that fit me tight enough that I could wear it under this armor. Oh, wait. I'm forced to wear one right now. I mean, I'll just I'll just put a tie around it. There, now I'm formal. <laughs> Actually, yeah, like a bow tie. Red. Red and black. Look nice. Okay. Uh, done. Victor. As soon as we leave them, I hand her the arc pistol. She takes it and puts it in her pocket. Like, she's like, it's like I get this. Yeah. She's like, oh, Scott, what is my sister doing? Oh, my gosh. Like, oh. It's pink. Pink camo. Get out of here. I can't even. Oh, yeah. So you guys are headed to do 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 back to What's-Her-Face's house, uh, their parents. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so she goes, um, you know, we can get her get her own apartment now with that money. Mm-hmm. You think there's more coming where that, where that came from? Yeah, I think so. I don't know how often it will come, though. How much is the Psycho Squad paying you? I think that's where it's coming from. Oh, you think this Veeam is the same thing? I mean, that's what we thought. He said stipend, so I don't I don't know. She she just kind of like snuggles up really close to you and says, I almost thought I lost you. Yeah, I almost thought I'd never see you again. There was so many times where I thought I was dead or crazy. So much stuff happened. It's, it's hard to believe it all. It's so crazy. It is. Why you? Why, why do you have to be mixed up in all this? What, wait, what happened to your tail? Um. She grabs your tail. No, that hurts. Oh, it's bent. Were you, were you just at the hospital? Baron did that. You should have got to fix the hospital. Wait, the same guy that canoed those guys' skulls. Mm-hmm. I don't get it. Why would he save me? Because we had a deal. A deal. I let him free, be with his daughter, and he make sure that we see each other again, be together. Like after all his betrayal, he still keep to that deal. It's a weird set of morals. <laughs> yeah. This, this hope girl. Do you know what happened to her? No, I. she left, and that's, I don't know. The way you were describing her, she didn't seem like she would go along with a guy like that. But it's family. Mm. Even though it, they've got a very strange relationship, it's still a relationship. She puts a, a gentle hand in your face and gets close to your face, your cheek and gets close to your face and says, Well, sometimes it's worth it. Sometimes you have to say goodbye to family. Sometimes it's completely worth it. Yeah, I, I still don't know why you did that. I mean, I, I know you She love kisses me, but... you and says, you know exactly why. Sarah, I did something bad. I'm sure. Whatever it was, it's just not less than the pile of bad stuff that's happened to you. Don't worry about it. But I have to tell you about it. I know that you've had to kill people in the past. I've told you before, I'm, I understand you're, it's your job. No, Victor, when not... when I married you, I made a decision that no matter what, I would... Stick by you. If that meant that my family disapproved, who cared? If that meant I had to had to accept some of the jobs that you've had to get, I didn't argue. We can't choose the hands we're dealt. And, and I understood that about you. And if you needed to work in a job like that, plus you were, it's just not like you're working for drug lords or anything. You were protecting a 
cargo thing, right? And, and everything you've done beyond that, you're just you're just trying to get back to me. And I'm just glad we're together again. She presses her face against your chest and holds you tightly. I kind of just easily set her back. You reach your stop. Oh, here we are. Yeah. You guys get out. You go to uh, the house, and she uses the key to lock it. It's empty at the moment. She gets ready. She gets all dressed and stuff. Is Landris's parents there? No, it's it's empty right now. It's just uh, they still live there, but they're not. They're out of the house at the moment. Just very quiet. As she's changing, she's like shouting from the other room. I'm glad Landris has got you around. He seems like a troubled guy. Glad he has someone like you around to help keep him on the the right road. You know, but a guy like that could find trouble unless he had the you know the angel on his shoulder. You're always good at that, you know. At what? And she kind of looks out of the of the room, just like sticks her head out, helping people make the right decisions. She kind of goes back in the room. I feel like that Landris guy, a guy who can make some pretty bad decisions pretty quick. I just call it a feeling. But you know me, hey, my, I got I got a good intuition about these things. Sarah, I'm not perfect. Oh, of course you're not, dummy. I'm. You don't need to tell me that. But Let's just enjoy the night, all right? We're gonna have a good night. We're not gonna. We're, you know what? I'm, I'm giving. I'm giving you a pass. You don't have to think about the past anymore today. Today's today's our day. We just get to go out, have a dinner, pretend we're normal for an hour, two. All right, I'm giving you permission. You get to be normal tonight. No, I can't. Listen, I know it's gonna go against your nature to be normal, but I think you can try. I think you might be able to fake it. All right, how do I look? Beautiful. She kind of blushes. Always beautiful. Well, I wouldn't look this beautiful if it wasn't for you. Hmm? <sighs> you know, and she kind of like kind of shows her fur. I've been using a new treatment. You like it? Yeah. Yeah. What is it? It's just to give it more shine. Oh, uh, it's yeah, it's great. It's barely changed. Go get, go get ready. What am I, what am I supposed to wear? Just no, not. You look like you look like you're gonna beat someone up. You look down at your armor. I go in the room and just change it to some some casual wear <laughs> over the armor. Dahlia seems pretty nice, like day and night from her brother. Not that her brother isn't nice. That's what I'm saying. Don't take that. She's short sometimes, though. Well, she can't help that. She was born that way. I mean, she's... no. <laughs> she throws something at you. Oh, uh, you mean she gets angry? Nah, I guess sarcastic. Oh, yeah. Whatever, I'm a prude, huh? No. All right, you look good. Just, she like adjusts part of your outfit. Have you never put on a shirt before? Do I have to teach you everything again? How long have you been gone? You said it was three months, right? Something like Two that? Two months, three days. Not that I don't even coming. know. It seems everything's blended in together. Well, you, and she kind of like rubs her hands down your abs. Well, you've actually, uh, you've been working out that time, huh? You're no, you're no worse for wear. Yeah, I've been cracking skulls. Well, that's the, always was the one good thing about your job. She kind of taps your belly that you don't have because you never gained that. No. Hey, does that Kentaro guy um know about clothes sizes? What do you mean? He, nothing. I mean, all we had. Was, I think he was wearing underwear or shorts. Yeah, it, he he was. I, it's not normally how he dresses. Um, uh huh. But why were you looking? Uh, no, I, <laughs> nothing. Uh, I, I mean, uh, um, no. <laughs> so what what is this place like? Oh, it's a it's a nice it's a nice place. It's got like a nice aesthetic to it. It kind of it's a good difference between the bright lights of the city. It's kind of calming. I just don't tell uh, don't tell anyone, you. but I kind of thought it'd be nice if you guys had a calming environment where you weren't being yeah. shot at or burned at or well, told to I just, do cop things. I just want to warn you, every time we've tried to do that, mm-hmm. it normally ends us ends with me being kidnapped or um, someone trying to kill us. So that's probably going to happen. She wraps her arms around your bicep and says, well, with someone like you around to protect, I don't think that's a problem. To protect me, I don't think it's a problem. I love you. She kisses you deeply and says, I love you too, Vic. I always have and I always will, no matter what. 
Well, and then she kind of rubs your stomach and goes, well, maybe maybe I will drop you if you gain too much. Well, I didn't drink the soda. Listen, so you already I mean, take up enough of the bed. Yeah, not as bad as Booker. His feet were cold and he put it in your back and... Uh. <laughs> yeah, we need to talk about you sleeping with another guy without me, huh? What are, you, what are you cheating on me with another guy? Relax, it was just a joke. Yeah. Victor, I don't think that you really cheated on me with Booker. No, I, I didn't. All right, let's go. And she opens up the door. Sarah, wait. No, no, they're waiting for us. Come on. Remember, today of of no worries. But Let me just stand here in the cold forever. Let's go. No, I... Okay. You guys go to this restaurant that ha- it's it's really not easy to decorate a place when everything's so compact together. Now, this place isn't anywhere near the crazy happening. This is right, right next to it. It's a me- it's you're in it. This is it. Matter of fact, it's the, this okay. this restaurant was the sure. first place. Uh it's let's see what we say it was the east side that's going crazy. This is in the south side. So, okay. I mean, it's conceivable to Jason, but so what there is is a bunch of marble statues. Some actually pretty really good ones, realistic and stuff. But of people or of animals? Of or of elves. elves. Of high elves. And they're tasteful. Tasteful. They all got leaves covering the places. Yes, exactly. But some of them look really cool. They've got like fabric and stuff, but made of marble. It looks like fabric, but it's marble. But anyway, and it's a, it's a very nice place. And uh, a, a waitress kind of comes up and she uh, she's young, uh, younger as there can be, you can only be so young. But the immediately striking about her is that her irises, her eyes, are slowly going in and out of hue of different colors, a sort of rainbow of colors, constantly changing. And she says, you know, party five? And she's like, right this way? Booth or table? No, uh, only tables here. It's a it's kind of nice place, you know, white tablecloth and all that. And Kentaro kind of sits down, he's like uncomfortable as he's like looking at this super nice white tablecloth and looking all around and he's... In his armor. But, you know, you know Kataro doesn't care. What does Kataro care? He don't care. He don't care. And the waitress comes up and, and says, can I start you guys off with something to drink? I'd order a, I don't know the names of it, but algae wine. I'd order a Ooh, bottle nice. for the table. Very good selection, sir. May I recommend the Chaudat Blanc de la I don't know wine names. She, she <laughs> gets you guys uh, wine glasses and stuff. I'll let you guys choose. You might as well be sitting across from your significant others or next to your significant others. Oh, I want to be next. Okay. Next to Caleb, what kind of questions that? What kind of freak so sits across from their Everybody, who sits next to them? When they're in a who double date. Who sits next to them? So what, am I going to sit next to Sarah touch and then Vic's going to sit next to Kentaro? It's because it's the person you're facing. In the I don't care, whatever you want. <laughs> Justify your sitting actions to me. <laughs> and then Dolly just kind of awkwardly, you know, pulls up a chair from another <laughs> table in the end. <laughs> Matter of fact, when you guys all order a drink, Dahlia orders something, like, different for her. Like something fancier? She orders a liquor instead of a wine. Are you trying to outdrink me? <laughs> She's like, oh, you're on me, bro. And then the rest of the night, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to reduce some real Bacchanalia real soon. Just They're just in this competition. <laughs> Here we are, truth or dare again. No, no truth or dare. You guys are all looking at menus and guitars like, I haven't been in a place like this in a long time. You spoil me. <laughs> well, you didn't have a... Uh... Fancy celebratory meal after your uh, fight victories? Uh, usually it was just a shot, and then that was just to dull the pain from sewing up our busted arms. Fight? What are, what are, you, what are you guys on about, Dahlia says. Alcantara was a, uh, I don't know, what's what's the nice word for it? We're in a nice place. I was a, a pugilist in my younger days, like five years ago. It was, you know, it's I don't do that anymore. But if I want somebody to beat me up, I just ask Landris' opinions of me. <laughs> What am I, Al Bundy? <laughs> My favorite line in the universe is when Al Bundy's wife comes home and goes, Did you miss me, honey? And he looks up from paying the bills and says, With every bullet so far. 
<laughs> Believe it or not, once Victor over there tried to arm wrestle me. Yeah, you didn't take me up on that. Well, if I recall correctly, we were attacked by monsters, and Sarah, on on becoming of her, interrupts. Uh, so she fought, huh? That that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's not as interesting as it sounds. It's just a lot of punching and people saying "ow," and then me making money from everyone underestimating me. I guess you know the typical people up there, the bored people, the guys you expect to be strong. No one really expects the cat folk to win, but there's enough training. Wait, so Victor, what did you do before you were uh, security? He makes air quotes. I worked in a factory. Oh, right. You were saying that's how you lost your arm, right? Yeah. So what did you, what'd you, what'd you build? <sighs> Machines. Robots. I would know all this if you guys shared your dossiers with me. Uh, <sighs> glare. His lens kind of zooms in to glare. <laughs> Robotic arms sometimes, legs. Would you build your own? <laughs> it's possible. I mean, not this one, I don't think, but maybe the first one. Dahlia, where's your date? <laughs> she uh, smirks and says, Married to my work, and unfortunately it doesn't get out much. Oh, you should have brought that uh, landlord with you. Oh yeah, he would have been. <laughs> Seems like a nice guy. <laughs> he's great, boy. You should see him at 12, you know, 2 o'clock in the morning when he's ranting and raving. The waitress comes back and, and takes all your guys' orders. You guys choose. What do you what do you get for, for dinner? Algae? I don't understand the question. <laughs> what <laughs> is the algae of the shape They've of? been able to change algae into all sorts of things. <laughs> The algae version of eggplant rollantini, I guess. Okay. The algae version of a, You don't have uh, to say algae version. I understand that part. <laughs> the algae version of a uh, ribeye. Okay. Because I want to tell about how I've really had steak. The real thing. It was great. Real steak? What do you mean? Uh, Sarah says. Well, H- Hope summoned a cow, which she killed, and cut a piece of him off, and we ate it. Everyone looks aghast. It was delicious. Yeah, that's the exact reaction we had. It was weird. It was Why delicious. did she do that? Uh, we were asking about real food, I think, and she let us try some. Oh, was it good? Yeah. I could, I can make you guys taste it. You can make me taste it. I kind of wiggle the ring on my finger. Uh, she, she gestures to her plate. Amaze me. I make it taste like one of the, something that Hope has taught me. I mean, I guess I'll do the steak for now. Hmm, that's actually not bad. Wow, this is really... This is what we're trying to imitate? She looks at the fake steak on your on there, uh, Victor's plate. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot more where that came from. I haven't given you guys fruit yet, have I? Fruit? Here, have a piece of fruit. I pull out... I'm still wearing the sash, so I'm going to pull out a piece of fruit. <laughs> we went out to eat apple. just for you to produce a bunch of food? You sure this isn't like poison or something? I'm not dead yet. Oh, well, that's debatable. We don't need outside. And she, she eats it. Hmm. I hands it to Sarah, who cautiously tries it. Hey, um, Kentaro, uh, are you aware that you're wearing armor right right now? And he's like, yeah. Okay, all right, just check, double, double check, just double checking with you that you knew you were... It helps him hear things. When you say that, you see, like, Sarah gets flushed with embarrassment. I mean, it looks good on you. I think it's a good look. She's, uh, she's like, it's like, she might as well have a beeping sound because she's backing up so hard. <laughs> on the center of your table are these rocks and this sort of, and this is all, of course, foe. Uh, this black sort of obsidian-ish sculpture of a snake is the centerpiece of your table. Kentaro says, boy, is this what like normal people do? We got to eat, have conversations? This is weird. I don't know if I can get used to this. It's really difficult. I got to talk to you people. Gosh. <laughs> what do you mean, you people? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Kentaro turns to you looks at you. What do you mean by you people, Lanris? I mean, people not lucky enough to be me, I guess. <laughs> Come on, do I have to instigate every conversation with the NPC? Talk to each other. Be friends. Be happy. Be normal. Trying. God. Is this what it's like I to go out with you guys? Oh my gosh, I'm so glad not I'm like all. nine states away. 
Because <laughs> I'm trying, I'm still dealing with existential crises in my head and trying not to talk to Victor. I'm, you could, I'll say I'm noticeably trying not to talk or look at Victor. Noticeably, eh? Okay. Oh, hmm. Victor, you noticed this noticeable thing. <laughs> hey, what's up? Huh? What's the matter? Uh, having a nice dinner. Don't know what you mean. Okay. Hey, hey why don't you two... Kintaro kind of, like, interrupts the, the awkward moment. Why don't you two, um, uh, tell Dahlia and Sarah the story of how you guys did that thing? What, what thing? You remember that thing? The thing. There's been a lot of things, man. Yeah, but you know the one that you would want to talk about. Thing. Um, we met Red? Yeah, that was the thing. Why don't you guys tell that story t together? Well, uh, book, book, Booker drug us to a concert. He wouldn't tell us what it was. He was all dressed up, and we were in our street clothes. And it was a red concert, and we were at the front. And then we got to go backstage. Whoa, 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 Sarah says. You left that out of the story. You went to see Red, and you got to the backstage? Yeah, Booker knows her. They, like, grew up together. Oh, my goodness. I love Red. How? What was it like? Everybody loves Red. Of course um, they do. Who wouldn't? Certainly not because of any sort of enchantment, just because of my own free will. Yeah, it was it was amazing, but it it was confusing. It was that lock guy was there and all that. But but we got to meet her and she was nice. I didn't get to go. You can tell her say as he shoves food in his mouth. I was not invited to that party. Probably a good thing, right? I don't know. I think Red's concert's about the only place that nothing bad happened to us. Maybe not the concert immediately. See, it's difficult because all of our none of our stories have happy endings so I far. Mean, not even my bedroom's been a place where I could say only good things have happened. And you remember when you walked out, like, and Victor, you know immediately, like, oh, this is, this, like, Sarah is a more private person than maybe Kentaro mm -hmm. uh, is being. And she's like, you can see her, like, in three seconds, she's going to change this topic. Or actually, she probably do it. She probably doesn't even, like, have the, want to be able to be the one to do it. But Kentaro's uh, like, so it was me and Lanris in my bedroom, right? And so Whoa, mm -hmm. I'm uh, thinking, so, what? Uh, what's that, Victor? Uh, remember when we bought a boat? We bought a boat. Um, that was cool. We went. We did buy a boat, and I found out that your your husband here can swim. Yeah, but it was cold. The water was freezing, and then uh, yeah, that boat got destroyed. Uh, not destroyed, but uh, well, yeah, pretty much because it got shot up by the psychos and the, the police. So um, as, as you, Sarah interrupts, and she, she goes, uh, Kentaro, tell tell us more about yourself. Uh, I'm not a complicated guy. I punched people, and I got paid for it. Yeah, but surely you did something before then. What were your parents like? I uh, I don't mean to be rude, but I don't, I don't really want to talk about my parents. So sorry. What about you, Sarah? Oh, me? <laughs> yeah, you brought the topic up. How about you? Oh, well, uh, you, some people kind of look as a bad thing, but I always appreciated it. Um, I kind of grew up in a comfortable home. I mean, we weren't in Upper Kadesh or anything, but we had our own way. And uh, I never really had to get a job before I married Victor. And Mom and Dad usually paid for anything I needed. It was an okay bringing up, you know. I mean, they, they loved me as much as I think they could. But they, uh, let's just say they weren't very approving of uh, a non-anthro. And she gestures to herself, marrying an anthro. What? What attracted you to Victor? Was it his very, very bald head? Oh, we don't talk about this. Um, no, it's because he's... And she kind of like puts a hand on your hand and cusps it. He's just, uh, he's been so sweet. He always makes me laugh. He, he's just thoughtful. Sacrificing and... You hear Katara go, oh, oh, sorry, I just vomited a little. He sacrificed a lot to get here. I'm sorry, I missed what you said. 
No, we all do. We all do what we do for the ones we love, right? It seems so. Yeah, I gave up having the bed all to myself. You wouldn't believe how much space he needs. And every two minutes, I'm making up, making sure he's not out of a window. I'm not the one that jumps out a window. I mean, what else are they there for, really? I make sure every time he buys a ticket to a train, it doesn't say Willoughby on it. <laughs> Willoughby, you hear as she, uh, Sarah say. It's funny you should say that. I heard that. I don't know where. I heard that the other day. Where's What's Willoughby? He kind of looks at you and says, it's it's nothing. It's an inside joke. And he kind of looks at you. Make a sense motive. He's going to pass a secret message. Five. You think he wants to talk about? Let's 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 tell her about it. <laughs> oh, he wants me to find the words to say. It. Yeah. Well, if you hear anyone say that, they're crazy, and you should be really careful. No, no I. <clears throat> so, uh, sorry, I had something. The, the meat was stuck in my throat. Like I was saying, though, it's nothing to worry about. I wouldn't give it a, another pay attention mind, Landris, uh, at all. Huh? Right, Victor? Sense motive, Victor. Sure. Twenty. Oh my gosh! Please not worry your poor wife any more than she already is. Yeah, it it's nothing, uh, n- nothing important, nothing at all. Just an inside joke. Uh, uh, you had to worry about the, the horrible things we did, Sarah. Hey, ho, oh, whoa, uh, Landers, I think you need to go to the, the bathroom. I think we need to go to the bathroom. <laughs> I think I'm okay. No, no, you've been drinking a lot of that wine. I think you probably need to. The waitress comes and says, uh, "How is everything?" Oh, it's great. It's Thank you. It's good. Can I uh, interest you all in any dessert? Um, yeah. Cheesecake. Sarah puts her hand on your leg and says, I don't, I don't know, I, I feel pretty full. Oh, you do? Okay, yeah. yeah we're, we're don't good. you, honey? Yeah, I'm fine. And, uh, what's her face? Dahlia kind of, like, totally gets it. And it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm full too. Tara's like, uh, tell me about this cheesecake. Well, it's, she starts describing the cheesecake to him. That sounds really good. I'll take one on. I'm going to get a uh, ice cream platter. Just bring a bunch of spoons because they're not going to be hungry the second it comes out. She, she goes, I know how that is. Okay. And she leaves. You can hear like Sarah go, oh, like almost audibly. <laughs> if you really want to go, you can. You're not footing the bill. No, no. That, I'm having a great what time. What does that mean? Guys. I mean, I assumed one of us were picking it up, right? Yeah. And Kintaro kind of turns and he goes, so what about you, Lanris? Obviously, I've met your sister now. But I don't, I don't, you know, it comes to my mind that I don't know too much about you past you were a bounty hunter. That's about the gist of what did you do before then? Or what did you even do then? And he takes a sip of the wine. I mean, before that, uh, you know, I had a lot of odd jobs. You know, um, been like, you know, a cashier, stocked things in stores, nothing, you know. Lame. First jobs kind of stuff. Sure, sure. Hey, did you ever... There's a place over on Lower 45th. It's got, like, this red roof, right? It's got a corner. You ever worked in that place? Is that the, is that the arcade? No, that's... that's they, It's got, like, an arcade under it. Oh, so is that the parking garage? No, that's not a parking garage. I thought... Wasn't the place next to a parking garage? It was called, like, Harry's oh, or I, something, I, right? I don't know where I'm going with this. No. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with this. So, no. <laughs> you either did or you didn't. Um, me? I don't remember. Maybe for like a week. Because there's a play. If you go down in that arcade, there's totally fights there every other Saturday. Really? Have you noticed like half the machines are broken? Well, it was my job to fix it. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah, but I didn't care. Oh. I mean, yeah, me neither. Wait, what do you mean? I don't understand. What is it? Is, are they secret doors or you fight the machines? No, no it's, you know, it's just, yeah, it's a lot of movement, a lot of uh, swinging, a lot of being thrusted into walls. You know what I mean, monkey face. I mean, camera zoom in and out. <laughs> Imagine like Kung Pao, the really rapid one. Oh, by the way, he totally is just wearing a tie, by the way. He's wearing a tie over this. Just a single red tie, <laughs> like you it. said. What, you fix machines? No, I was like a... I handed out change, and I was supposed to fix the machines. But instead, he slept his shift away in the back room, and, and, and he takes another drink. <laughs> 
How did you even keep I, that I job kept... for one week? I'm surprised a week was as long as you lasted. I mean, you, you get them tied up and scared to fire you. That's the thing. Ah, the art of working as little as you can for as much money as possible. Exactly. Kataro says to Dahlia, how do you... Well, you, your brother says you do so much stuff, uh, no charge. How do you stay in business? Oh, well, I didn't do everything for no charge. I used to... My free time. When I'm not looking after him, I actually have plenty of free time. So I spend it on people who can't afford. People like me. Plus, I'm not the best, so it's not like I'm coming down from heaven to hand something to somebody. I do my best, but... I'm, I'm looking for the ice cream now. She she made me sad. <laughs> in comes the ice cream and the cheesecake. Tara's like, oh, this is great. Anything you want to get in on this? Um, no, thank you. No, I'm, I'm full. All right, so I got a question. Victor, if this whole crap at the tram didn't happen, would you really hung out with Landris outside of work? What do you mean? I mean, yeah. I mean, you two are so different. But fine, you could be different from your friends. I mean, if fate hasn't thrust you two together. Oh, here he goes. What? No. This is this is legitimate. This is legitimate. And at this point, oh, you yeah, see, like, it's, he's on his fourth glass of wine, maybe. This is legitimate, all right? You can't argue this it's one. Not, it's not legitimate. It is. Mm. Fate has brought us together. It, it is fate that at this moment we are all sitting at this table that you're eating an ice cream with four spoons and nobody else is eating it with you, and I'm eating a cheesecake. This is There's fate in this. And it's fate that brought... No, this all wouldn't happen if it wasn't for that trance. So I'm saying, if fate was different, do you think you two would have hung out? There's not fate in this. There's, is there rum in your cheesecake? There is not rum in my cheesecake, but I am literally, there is alcohol in my alcoholic beverage, if that's what you're asking. <laughs> no, I need to look for it in my cheesecake. It was see, it was fate that that wine would be alcoholic. No, that's not how, what? You're, you're avoiding the question. But wait, you see like just Dahlia and Sarah are just like enjoying this show. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. I don't, I don't know. We're friends now, right? You right, believe in fate, Victor? Don't ask him to describe fate. He won't. Because Mr. Mr. Chip Deer over here refuses to accept the truth that What'd you, call you heard me. That what were we talking about again? Fate. He refuses to accept that all this stuff is preordained. Do you think... Here, here. Ooh, okay. All right, here you go. Here you go. Do you think that you and your wife were fated to be together? That you were soulmates? Or do you think that it just happened to be out of the thousands of people in this city that you two happened to both be born in Lower Kadesh and you happened to meet each other and you happened to fall in love? The two, the only, there's only one, per, I believe there's only one person in this world for you. The real person you're meant to be with the rest of your life. You think it's just by chance you two found each other in this sea of people? I mean, no. Yes, I don't, I don't know. It you see? He said yes. And no, he said both. Yeah, but he said yes. Maybe I was fated to say yes, right? Right? Th now you're thinking of portals. This is the dumbest conversation. So then what's the point? If everything's preordained, what's the point? I mean, it's still gotta happen, doesn't it? So what, we're just waiting? I think it's like, it's like you're on a tram, and it's gonna go where it's gonna go, but you can still pick the car you're gonna sit in. But no matter which car you're in, eventually you're gonna get to the same place. It's too depressing to think all the bad stuff that happens is your own fault. Oh, yeah, imagine that. All right, all right, I got one for you. Do you think that it is happenstance that the cosmic forces align by pure chance that the same day I lose both my ears, some guy comes over and cuts off yours? That don't sound like a coincidence. That sounds like a coincidence to you, huh? I wince and kind of look at him funny. Well, no, that wasn't... No, I don't think it was fake. Ah, you're hopeless. And he waves his hand at you. I, I get up and walk away. Where's he going? I guess wherever fate leads him, huh? The waitress comes back, gives the check. Victor, you pay for it? Yeah. Uh, you guys are all getting, like, coats on stuff. Kentaro goes over to Landris. Hey, we're getting ready to go, buddy. 
Yeah. yeah I'm you coming. okay? You got slugs on the shoulder? No, I'm not. Like, we just, can we just go? What's wrong? Trying to, I'm just trying to keep it together. All right. You, you want to talk about it? No, no, not right now. No. Right. Just, just stop saying the fate thing. All right. I, I walk back to everyone and try and look composed. All right. Dahlia is like staring through your soul. She knows what's going on. She knows what's up. You guys, you get your coats on. You're walking down. It's a bit chilly this time of night. The only difference between day and night when you're in this part of the city is whether or not how cold the air comes in from the outside into the city. So it's night and the rest of the world. It's so cold. So you're walking down. Kentaro stops. And you all kind of like notice this. Like we're looking at somebody turn around and he's staring and he goes, No, I don't believe it. Are you okay? You look at where he's looking and to your horror... Graffitied onto the wall is the upside down tree. Trailblazers is part of the Trailblazer Network. For other great RPG podcasts, visit our website, tblazer.net. Want to get in touch? Email us at tblazernetwork at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at tblazernetwork. Your players have been Christian and Tim, and Caleb has been your GM. This is Johan Martins. Thanks for listening.